1: what is going on everybody welcome back to the project manga podcast where we cover aliens area sakamoto days mission yozakura family jujutsu kaisen my hero academia and one piece week to week back this week covering weekly shonen jump issue number 33 i am your host eagle i'm Bello yannis and we are joined once again this week uh, by axel blaze i'm sure a lot of you are familiar with him he's been on our show you know often enough so um yeah thanks for coming again man what's up
0: no problem happy to be here uh happy to be recording again i uh i told mellow this before the podcast and kind of in the chat but uh i literally just set up my computer and desk today i did not have that since moving in so uh not that any of this is decorated yet but uh i'm glad to be doing something again Fuck um are yeah. well, going on vacation too so we're glad to help hey, you excellent uh, in the new
1: setup you know what i'm saying so uh, yeah with that being said as always any you know affiliated links and stuff will you know for axel will be down in the description box below so you can check out all the stuff that he does and where um and on that note as always check in the description box down below where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts like twitter online communities like discord audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on as well as the link to our patreon if you wanted to support what we do more than you do by just watching um yeah, also you'll find timestamps down there so that you can navigate yourself through the video and kind of avoid spoilers for series that you're not caught up in if uh, if you need to. So yeah, with all that said, man, what a fantastic fucking weekend jump, man. How y'all feel about it? I what's, agree. What's, what's everybody's strongest chapter in a, Mello, why don't you start us off? What did you think was the strongest chapter this week?
2: Strongest chapter. That's... Ooh, that's a tough one, that's a tough one. Because like there are parts of me that really liked uh there was, for me there's things that I liked in almost every chapter, like, immensely. But I think for the sake of like story, I think Sakamoto Days
3: Ooh.
2: and Jujutsu Kaisen did really well i'd say those are my top two chapters of this week yeah um but mostly purely for political reasons right like mm-hmm. like the in gay in series like fictional political spectrum yeah. and how people portray like revolution and corruption and how to control the levers and mechanisms of power within a society etc
1: yep but those are the things that i like so so, I mean, if you had to narrow it down to one out of the two, what do you think out of Sakamoto or Jujutsu Kaisen would be uh, stronger? I think
2: Jujutsu Kaisen's probably stronger just for
1: sheer impact. Yeah. No, no. I, I can I can dig that. Axel, man, what about you? What do you think was the strongest chapter this week?
0: Ooh, my two for the week were Undead Unluck and Mission Yozakura Family, I think. Okay, um, okay. so that being in said, terms of what we're covering the board, here, then it
1: would be Yozakura. Yes. Yeah.
0: In terms of what we're covering here, Yozakura, and it like... That being said, the bar was very high this week. I think across the board for almost every Shonen Jump series that was out this week, it was fantastic. Um that's a plus. Um I really have no complaints other than I guess kind of Witch Watch this week, but that's not covered <laughs> here, so that's fine. Um but yeah, I mean even heck, even RoboCo had like a Funny chapter this week, so I was happy with that. But I mean, what's new? I read everything, so fuck yeah, whatever.
1: Fuck yeah, well, I'm glad to hear it was a strong week across jump, even in terms of what we don't cover or what you know, some of us don't read. I don't read Roboco, at least. Um, I need I need to kind of get my mind. Most people to don't, so you know, <laughs> right? Um, I guess if I had to pick a strongest chapter this week, I. I would also, man, oh, for me, it's going to come down to um, Yozakura. Again, I said this last week, you know, I think the the Yozakura chapters that we've been getting as of late have been really, really strong. Um, Yeah. And then Jujutsu Kaisen and My Hero, man, like, obviously, we got a really strong chapter of My Hero, not like a super whole lot of content, but just like. Like Melo was saying, in, in terms of sheer impact of like what we what we see in the chapter, man, my hero is fucking
0: woo. But, it was a it was a contentious one online. And we can definitely get into that once we get into the yeah, chapter. Like to, but uh, I didn't really... there were there were words set about that. I, chapter. Like to, I man, uh, that People is one thing.
1: That is one thing. Just as a little side note, you know, before I kind of wrap up my little point here about chapter of the week. That I do miss out on a lot, being that I wait until Sunday for the officials to come out to even read the chapters so that I can react to them. Like, I miss out on a lot of that just online, you know, social media discussion about the chapters when the scans come out, you know. So, I, 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 I kind of get salty about that. I miss a lot of that. So, I would love to go over some of that and see what people were talking about. Um, but anyways... Um I think, it's, I think I would have to, you know, put Jujutsu Kaisen up as, as the chapter of the week here for me. I think, like oh, Melo said, yeah. in terms of, like, political impact, um, shock value,
0: <laughs> over,
1: overall, you know, like, the, a very strong chapter, very, very strong chapter of Jujutsu Kaisen this week. So, yeah. Um, shit, with that being said, I think we can probably go ahead and just jump right into the discussion. First chapter of the night, Aliens Area, Chapter 7, Equipment 2. And we get a nice, nice little uh, color cover here to start the chapter off, man. I actually do like the aesthetic of this color cover. It seems like um kind of a concept art page that he just was writing shit on. You know what I mean? Um, it's
0: a color page. Yeah. It's, it is There's very she- white. <laughs> There's, right. there's
2: colors on it those is a, pages. There, there are
0: there are colors on it like certain symbols and whatnot but there's a lot of white in that color page so there is <laughs> just a lot of white. To, they call it a color page it's just like half color yeah half of it
3: color
2: I, I like it because the fact that like there's the three primary colors blue red and yellow mm-hmm. but also the fact that like in the few chapters that we've had They've established that the maximum equipment that an agent can use is three. For whatever reason, that is their big thing. And then within the chapter themselves, they've only shown two equipments of Shiraku. But he blends them together. You know, like him being like red and then like the Aliens era being yellow. He's getting orange when he uses his abilities in tandem, right? Like, I was just thinking about, like, how it kind of mixes and matches and, like, creating, like, more diverse things to kind of, like, paint the battlefield with, so to speak.
1: Yeah. Axelman mm-hmm. Axel is spoiled with these Sakamoto color spreads, man. He's a, he's a color I, He's color page elitist do I here. know. Yeah.
0: I'm <laughs> so I mean, just I mean, fucking around. No, no, but, like, in all seriousness, like, I am... I'm hoping that Alien's area gets to a point where, if we get another color page in the future, where we can see more color theory um, <coughs> from the artist, like see, I, w- I want to see more of what this world looks like. Like, what are the colors that we're seeing? Because like, it, it has been very muted up to this point. And that's like, that it works for the aesthetic. I like the point that Mello brought up about the primary colors and the blending especially because of the, the three-equipment idea, uh, you know whether or not that's because of the physical limitations of the human body or not. I mean, given the two abilities that were on display by the equipment in this chapter, I can only imagine what the strain of a third equipment on top of that, given the, the magnitude of those abilities, would be. On a human body, but yes, I, I I am spoiled, yes, for Sakamoto colors. I've been spoiled with Mission Yozakura colors. Um, so like it's it's interesting to see such a different color page it is in yeah. comparison to what I'm used to.
1: i, I yeah. would I would agree, you know, most series overall, when they get that color page, they they do really put a lot of splashes of color, you know, vibrant, you know, stark contrast. Tons of tons of color, um, so it is it is weird to see such a kind of a flat color palette for a color page here in Alien's area. But um, I think it's primarily the background and and what fools you into thinking there's more white than there is is the fact that I think Shiraku's coat is white, like actually yes. Colored, yeah, white. and then the background for whatever white. reason is not colored. Like, we know this background stuff, like, these are probably steel beams that are gray, it's they're a in like a, a warehouse. In warehouse, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see like boxes and stuff, Sorry, these are storage so, racks, they're green and orange and shit. Like, I've been, we've all worked in a warehouse, so <laughs> we know what we know what these racks yeah. behind them look like, not white, anyways. Um, mm-hmm. I guess jumping into the chapter, I really like. Shiraku's second equipment a lot um i think repulsion is obviously like something that jumps out immediately as soon as you hear it as like a really really potent ability um and it makes a lot of sense that the mentor type character would have something like that it's not super unique like you know i was talking last week about the potential for the diversity within the the powers you know system with these equipments and the imagination that the author can have with them being that they're based on alien technology And you can kind of go wherever you want with that being that we are limited to what we have in terms of technology and aliens is pretty much the sky's the limit. Um, So while it's not super unique, I feel like there still is the potential for those more unique ones. And this is just more of a OPS ability that, you know, a character like Shiraku totally would have. And it's definitely makes sense for him to, you know,
0: Um, but yeah. I definitely I mean, love it. It kind Impulsion. of begs it, it begs the question, like if we're going to see, especially with other agents in the future, are we gonna see where their equipment um you know is you know very cohesive with their other pieces of equipment? Or are they ones where, you know, they offer more of a spread to cover different things? Because I mean, as we saw in this chapter, like equipment one and two work really well together. Yep. Um like they work in tandem. Honestly it makes me wonder, and I this is just me theorizing if he's got a third equipment that it works in a similar way with gravity, force field, stuff like that. Maybe the third one is a magnetism kind of thing. Um just because so far we've had things that kind of, you know, push things away. You know, what if there's something that attracts, but I'm I'm curious to see if you know if that's a similar thing for the other agents. Like, are are they using equipment that works well together, or do you have someone that's let's say more of a jack of all trades, where they have an equipment for three different kind of scenarios?
1: Yeah, I think you definitely could be onto something there. Um, and what kind of popped into my head as you were talking about that and kind of just spitballing is that it might be centric around the character's, like, ability set, right? Like, so, or or the equipment might, like you said, be kind of focused for a certain thing um, mm-hmm. in terms of combat ability. Like, uh, Shirakus, to me, jumps out as movement, right? Like, all of his abilities, all of his equipment kind of augment his ability to move within the fight and uh, strike you from different angles and shit. So... I think that could be it, maybe. Like, depending on what the character wants to go for, they can either go with equipment that really focuses on augmenting their ability to move or just their straight-up, you know, um, physical power or, like, um, like Twin Blades or whatever the fuck his name is. We get it at the end of you the You know, chapter. touching. I mean, he kind touch of focuses his name on, on um, okay. ranged attacks, right? Like, uh, tracking ranged abilities, stuff like that. So, I think that could be it. Sorry, Mel, think... go ahead, though.
2: Oh, sorry. Uh, one second. Yeah. So, I don't know if... Because they're talking about how, like, Ninotachi Twinblade is, like, the deadliest assassin in the universe. And then when they say, you know... Uh, they say the guy's name after they arrest him, offender. His name is Maomoki. Yep. So part of me is wondering if he's just an assassin that took the name of Nino Tachi Twin Blade because he could, like, work a better price. Or intimidate people so much that they would just give up and become an easier kill. Mmm. Because Niame was intimidated. It worked on everyone but Shiraku. Yeah, that definitely could be something. So I don't know if it's it's really him or if it's like that. I think that'd be kind of an interesting take because, like, for the world's... The universe's strongest assassin to be defeated... This quickly seemed a little uh, rough for the universe. You know what I mean? You
0: know, it it wouldn't be the first time that a shonen series has, like, defeated, like, supposedly, you know, one of the most notorious people in the first ten chapters. It happens, but... Well, I mean, it... It could also be a thing where, you know, there are people that, like, they have a given name and then they have, you know, a nickname on top of it. So it the the boring route would be that, you know, that the name that was he was arrested with is his actual given name. But I do like the theory that, like, you know, he's just taking on a name um, or, you know, maybe he's part of an organization that, you know, they just have bodies that you know, represent that name and uh, carry out assassins or assassinations throughout the universe. Who knows? like a, but, yeah, uh, a
2: Dread Pirate
1: Roberts scenario. Yeah. Yes,
0: Dread Pirate. Oh, my God. Um, I I'm, am the Dread Pirate Roberts.
1: I'm liking what both of you guys are talking about, uh, you know, and I'm really neither here nor there about it, but um, I guess one thing I would like to point out just for the sake of the discussion is that the connotation that was given was galaxy not universe he is the hmm. he is the most notorious um assassin in the galaxy i believe okay. is, is what was stated not necessarily that's, the universe that's fair so that kind of does rein things in a little bit oh, thank um us. if we're gonna go if we're gonna be going kind of multiversal here within this universe um but we'll see that's all kind of up in the air still
0: that would be kind of a crazy scale for the first 10 chapters to be the Strongest in the universe, but dude, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah.
2: like if you put it in that perspective, being strongest in like the milk like the best assassin in like the Milky Way galaxy mm-hmm. doesn't sound as tough, right? Best assassin in the universe? Really tough. Best assassin in the Milky Way?
1: I don't know, man. Earth's a little podunk, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, like, just... no, nah, the Milky Way is like a bitch-ass galaxy, I feel like. Among galaxies, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean,
2: I'm just, uh, you know, an evolved monkey with a really shitty
1: aerospace program, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, I guess... Even though the fight didn't play out, you know, exactly how we thought it would in terms of like the octopus sacrifice, I still think it feels really good to have uh, Tatsumi kind of be the one to defend the princess against the beam attack. Um, Especially since it kind of acts as a really nice impetus to a little bit more vague exposition on exactly what's going on with his arm in terms of like the dark cells, right? Which is cool. So that was pretty cool.
0: Man, it it had a really nice moment too. Like with you know, Shiraku saying, "What's your right hand for?" And then him saying, "Protecting others. Like your your right hand isn't some kind of burden. It's not some kind of weird weapon or whatnot. It's something that you can use for, to protect not only your family but other people that are worth protecting." And yeah. mm-hmm. that that really was a, a great moment in that chapter
2: it's a really wholesome moment because like i remember the previous chapter when we first discussed the series he was saying that um princess payune reminded him of like was the same weight as like his younger siblings yep. so like being able to enter that protective mode because of that similarity so easily felt right because they even foreshadowed something as small as that right because you'd be like, oh yeah, it's him protecting kids because he likes kids, but like the fact that they specified that the weight's the same is like you know, they're, they're like, good for them. You know, rewarding the small details. I appreciate that.
0: Um, this small child weighs the same as this small child. Therefore, I protect. I, I protect. You um, know, the part
2: that I thought was really interesting with, uh, the tools. I think that Shiraku's third weapon is literally just inertial stop. Like, 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 cuz he moves so fast! I think his third ability is literally just to stop. on a dime just to stop on a dime like how he's spinning whatever direction he's going just stop hit the brakes tractor beam anchor boom
1: well i don't know i don't know what you would call it but like you, you were right like pretty much with canceling inertia like he no longer has to deal with any any sort of like momentum in terms of like stopping his movement like he can instantly like you said just stop on a dime and go in a different direction even more so than what he already can
2: yeah, but he needs things, right? Like he needed the.
0: He no, the he didn't. He didn't because when you think about it, like with the the villain, he was just able to just crush him with force. True. So, yeah, like there wasn't. He wasn't using an object and smashing that object against the guy. He you literally used force to. Yeah, he generated it. force could
1: reach him. Was that repulsion com- combined with the gravity? Mm-mm.
3: No, because nope. that was, zero that was when he activated just repulsion. Yeah, that was just that repulsion. was just the
0: repulsion. Which, uh, Mello, were, I because you would be the person to ask on this. Did you find any reason why it would have been called imaginary repulsion? Like, is there like an actual thing that's that, imaginary that... repulsion, or I, I think that it is basically
2: repulsion and less of what I think imaginary is tying to like how the user views the world and mm-hmm. imagines things right because the repulsion because he was he he reaches out and he you can tell that he's thinking of something mm-hmm and I think the imaginary part is basically based off his brain like he imagines these boxes lifting He's not focusing on a specific box at once. He's imagining all these boxes rising. So I think that the combination of that is there, because I can't, I can't think of anything well, other than that. I think like, It's hard at- to find.
1: I think we can test the boxes like floating and stuff to the zero gravity just being applied to the entire environment. Um, but in turn, I think you're definitely mm-hmm. onto something in terms mm-hmm. of like his perception of how the ability works tying into that imaginary thing, which could be a certain class of these equipments. We we've already gotten hints at like class specific equipment in terms of like ranged imaginary imagery, you know, sensory, different type of shit. So, and especially because in the spacewalk panel, it, it seems like he's not repelling anything, which is him, a great but, name, but himself, like he's repelling yeah. himself himself. Off the boxes, mm-hmm. almost it looks like in this, but then he can also repel attacks and people away from himself, and then just use the repulsion to like flatten somebody. So I think I I think you're definitely onto something with the imaginary class tying into how the user interprets that ability within like reality, if that makes sense. Well,
2: because like you and I can distinguish the idea of like hard and soft repulsion, because We just saw it happen on the pages, right? But a machine doesn't differentiate between hard or soft repulsion unless it's built-in function. So I like the idea that imaginary is a function of repulsion, but it's so high-tech that it really can anticipate the type of repulsion that the user actually wants. Because you can see him bounce off using sky spacewalk. If he was using the same repulsion that he used to bash you guys face in, he would be battered black and blue. So I feel like the imaginary part is what keep allows him to like modulate how much force he's repelling himself, or like which way he's repelling himself, as opposed to like repelling towards a person, or repelling the self away from an object.
1: Yeah, because, like, if he was using... You don't see those boxes flying, either. Exactly, like, the boxes are almost fixed in the air, and if he was using the same type of repulsion on the box that he used on Buddy on page 3 or Mm -hmm. page fucking 13, then they would definitely be getting, like, flattened or thrown around and shit, you know what I mean? Mm
3: Mm-hmm, yeah.
1: But he's just bouncing off them, and they almost seem like they're fixed in the air in a certain position, like... Uh, And again, with zero gravity, they would be, every time he kicked off one, it would be floating over here doing this. You know, so Mm
3: -hmm.
1: it's just very, very weird. Very, very weird. I can't wait to get more exposition on, like, how exactly these things work and function.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh I'm I'm glad that you gave that, that context, though, because my mind wasn't even putting that as, like, two and two together, just because, obviously, like, we've had very limited equipment naming so far, but like just seeing like imaginary repulsion compared to like the anti-gravity. It was just like, okay, well this, this one name is very, you know, straightforward. The second one is just like, what does this mean? Yeah, but I, I think perfect. you're onto something with like how it has to be like a conscious, you know, process of like I creating causing the repulsion compared to like you said before with the anti-gravity where it's just like a mechanical response it's just an automatic in the area kind of thing
3: Mm
2: -hmm. oh god that raises the fact that it has one major weakness he can only repel things that he's focusing on so if he's not focusing on something that's invisible or like a, a placed trap that like he's not aware of and it just triggers you know he can't repel that So he can't do that, like you know, you know, absolute purple, like perfect defense that Gojo has, or like the way that Pain could use repulsion to like not be hit by anything.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: But I feel like be having to be actively, consciously aware and focusing on it a little bit to repel is a nice caveat.
0: Yeah. So that that could lead into you know potentially what his third equipment is like is his third equipment like uh almost kind of like a barrier kind of system like an all-encompassing thing that like covers his blind spots is his third equipment something perception based where it allows him to you know see or react to like a wider field of vision that he wouldn't normally have or something again to make up for the fact that he has to concentrate in a certain way with equipment too so it really opens up the door of, like, okay, what is Equipment 3? Like, and how does it work in tandem with 1, 2, or all 3 in combination?
2: I have uh, a fun theory. Because so I know I said stop, like, was his third option. But, like, one that I was thinking about, what if it is a function... And the fact, because he had, because he admits that he has a dark matter implant. He's an implantee.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Maybe not the exact same kind, but he is a sort of implantee. Yep. I believe that his third item is a brain limiter, and that because he has the implanted matter, he has an overactive brain that can process so much so quickly that it'll eventually kill him. And that the third item is a limiter. So when he deactivates the third item he can overclock and he can focus like nobody's business.
0: That would explain his reflexes in the previous chapter of like how he was just able to respond like he was, if he's already got, you know, Mm -hmm. this semi overclocking brain as it is. I'm, uh, I'm glad
1: you guys are kind of touching on this because something that I thought about when, when I was just taking notes earlier and when I was thinking about kind of what Mello said on the previous podcast and um and these dark cells and the fact that he has an implant, but we haven't really seen it on an outward in an outward way like we have with Tatsumis. Um So It's weird, right? We've gotten the information that these these implants kind of manifest physically in correlation with what part of the brain that they're implanted in and what part of the body that controls in turn, right? So, mm-hmm. and I, this is why I love these these discussions because like when I was thinking about this earlier, I didn't even think about how his his kit, his equipment is primarily focused on augmenting his movement abilities and stuff. Um, so, Tatsumi Scar is like right here. Or right here. it's in his, his, uh, the left side of his brain that controls the right side of his arm. Shirakus is right in the center. So I'm thinking it's possible that he has a frontal lobe implant. And I don't know if you touched on this on the previous show where we talked about this last week, Mello, but, um, the frontal lobe obviously controls, let me see. I had it pulled up. Just give me one second. The frontal lobe controls voluntary movement, expressive language, and, um, gives you a you know manages allows you to manage higher level executive functions which you know encompass um capacity to plan organize initiate self-monitor and control one's responses in order to achieve a goal so movement speech planning these are all things that we see this character is really really strong at so i think it definitely would make sense that he has a frontal lobe implant that don't that doesn't manifest physically in any way but augments his ability to move and plan and speak in ways that like are exponential you know what i mean and i think that ties right in with it, what you were just talking about about the brain limiter you know augmenting his whatever his capacity planning capacity perception ability i think that all ties in really well so i think you know i think that definitely could be a possibility
2: ah uh, that kind of tracks because like if you if you think about it if his first You know, because he's so invested in Tatsumi's future, right? Because he sees Tatsumi in himself, he sees a guy that, like, he knows what he struggled with. He knows he's like, yeah, this is a curse. Like, you know, my brain is being overheated. Like, my body cannot handle the fact that my brain can process and is aware of so much stuff. Like, I can feel my nerves, each individual nerve, be triggered (laughs) by a different
1: thing. Right? He feels each nerve ending trigger. That's crazy. Yeah, that'd be crazy.
2: But, like, I could see him, like, you know, being really frustrated early on and then kind of, like, you know, growing up, learning to accept it. And, like, the fact that, like, attention to detail, sh- memory, um, organizing, the ability to, like, plan, immediate, improvise, immediate steps to an actionable goal those are all great fantastic traits to have in a detective so like to have him and eventually just be like you know what this isn't so bad i'm really good at these things now the things that i'm good at i'm gonna try to do my best and try to help some people and joins you know the aliens area becomes a detective that kind of thing and i feel like one leads into another right like you're function usually precedes form right like what you're good at usually precedes all the appearances that you gain after you start doing a thing right mm-hmm. like if you're doing like 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 a job right we have different uniforms for jobs yeah. or like you know when like all our friends got out of high school and started like adopting personalities and like trying to express who they were the people that were super artsy or into music. You know, they started dressing grunge and did boho and all that stuff. You know, function f- came first. So, I don't know. There's things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was really <laughs> the only thing that I had. I didn't have too, too much on this chapter. Like, wholesome dialogue I like that they don't say each other's names all, at like, every single chapter. They just talk. You know, which is like.
0: It's not Inuyasha I, Kagome, Inuyasha oh Kagome, God, Inuyasha, Kagome. Inuyasha Kagome.
2: That's why I read manga, because I couldn't handle the anime. I was dying. Kagome! It's like, like, please have your conversation. Just. You're both there. You know they're Sit both there. Blind. You're not blind.
1: I like the, no. um, I guess the last thing I really had for this chapter is that I really like the wholesome moment at the end, obviously, with um, with Paiun and Nyame. You know, they're they're kind of going to this little refugee place, this little refugee town for aliens where they're going to try and lead a normal life. Um, threw me for a loop because I thought, honestly, on some Shonen shit that they were going to kind of be part of the squad. But we're, we're moving
0: with... Tatsumi.
1: Yeah, something, something. But this works out just as well. You know, this is pretty cool. Thank they goodness. can they can do their own thing here and uh, and they can probably come back in and play it play a part later in the story, obviously, I'm assuming will happen. Um yep. yeah, and then we get the cool little moment between, you know, Tatsumi and Shiraku. Sunsets go sunsets and coffee go together, Inspector Noob.
2: Have you ever had the coffee God. that's
1: in on that can?
2: Like it's not the same picture. It's like, it's a mustachioed man, and he's a little more fancy. But, like, those canned coffees are fucking good. Like, those Asian grocery store canned coffees, just
1: pretty solid. That coffee looks like it's black and disgusting.
2: That's, hey, you know what, you know what, I understand. You have I'm a not a fan here. of black okay, coffee. Yeah. You. I, I was raised in an old-fashioned Dutch household. Grandparents had a pot of coffee on 24-7.
1: I've, i'm i like coffee I don't mind but I like it blonde i don't know i'm not a black coffee fan i just i don't know i just, this, i grew up with i don't drink
2: coffee <laughs> are you a big tea guy
0: uh no okay. not as much Energy either. Drinks? I, I uh also really no i'm <laughs> i'm a juice guy i You're am a juice? i like juice Hell yeah. i like juice you know
2: body, you yep, know. i
0: drink body armor i i love myself some body armor body armors the shit. Very expensive when it's not on sale. If you lease and you buy a both but anyway, yeah. Um, I at least wanted to say um, two other things. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting that uh, Shiraku more or less said, "Yeah, it's kind of you and me." For people that have actually survived after getting implanted with this dark matter, yeah. um, which I was just like, "Oh, that's gonna dark." uh That's fun, crazy. not intended on that, um, but it was just like, okay, I kind of see now why he didn't want to just memory wipe, you know, Tatsumi, because at least as it is, he is a living test subject, if nothing else. Like, hey, here's another guy like me who is experiencing this. Um, I did, it felt like the dark matter explanation was kind of weird, though. It was just like, well we've discovered that dark matter is something different it's like a living cell and i'm just like okay, so it's just it's just another type of it's a living cell. matter it's a thing Got right? it. like okay this th- th- there's this really like we're we're leading up to this profound explanation mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like okay it's just a different living flesh in your living flesh like okay
1: well it'll probably have a different I, name but I
0: like
1: the the exposition from shiraku made Somewhat sense, at least, where he's like, oh, yeah, anything that we don't really understand, we just slap that dark label on it, you know?
0: Dark label. Yeah,
1: Yeah. so even though they understand that it's at least a living cell, they still really have no grasp on, you know, exactly what it is past that, and neither do the aliens, so kind of makes sense. But, yeah, yeah, it was a little wonky. I definitely, I feel on that.
0: It was just kind of like, this is like a... I don't... This doesn't sound as cool as I think you were trying to make it sound here, but...
2: (sighs) I think the series, yeah, it was kind of funky, but it felt it felt kind of realistic in a way. You know what I mean? Like I mentioned it earlier, with like the fact that they don't call each other a name, but like you've been trained before for a new job, and they're just like, "Hey, this is the thing. What's it called? The thing. It's actually called da 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 da, but we just call it, you know, Printed oh up. god, they're, uh, there was a place that it was called, like, it was, like, C-U-I-F-S. And it standard st- stood for, like, something university state uh, food services. But everyone just called it Queefs. Yeah. Every single time. Like, I, I worked there, I eventually went to school there, and, like, ate there. And I was just like, this is
1: bizarre when you spelled it i was like queefs yep yep yep
2: <laughs> c-u-i-f-s queefs scumbag it's it's like, bruh so like that's why i was like that dark matter thing i was like yeah that makes sense and then I'm like it's not useful and i'm like i've had this talk i've had this talk welcome to queefs what <laughs> i'm a dishwasher
1: no 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 you're in the right place don't worry kid <laughs>
0: And on that note... (laughs) Yeah, I think that's Um,
1: about all I had for Aliens Area this week. Um, I have one last thing, just kind of growing off uh,
2: what you guys were talking about with, like, how Nyame and Payun are going to, like, this neighborhood that is, like, sectioned off for exclusive alien use to like help them integrate and stuff and give them like a safe space um i like that there's like an off-screen zone and then i want to see them like go visit that zone and see like the other neighbors like like because with aliens like what seems like their jurisdiction is like all alien activities so i want to see like the really boring mundane cap shit that they have to do like uh this guy's dog keeps like eating my plants but it's not a dog it's like this three-headed snake you know i want to see something dumb like that so what you're
0: saying is you want to know what happens in the aliens area
2: i want to see what happens in the little offstage zone yeah uh,
0: Did you get the pun? Yes.
2: Oh, absolutely. It hurt. I'm recovering. I also, I'm
1: poker facing through the pain. I also I'm poker facing through the pain. I'm dead. I also liked how fucking Nyame like came out of this little fake human
0: fucking um God. Uh, thing. uh get back uh, in there. Go go back uh,
1: in. Uh, <laughs> in. <laughs> oh, that shit was funny <laughs> as fuck. Anyways. That should
2: Axel be just going or, uh, for put that thing back where you kept kept from, So help, me, or so so help, help me. me,
0: so help me, so help me. Before we get copyright strikes.
1: <laughs> yep, that should do it for Aliens' area this week. All right. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and jump right into the second chapter of the Night Sakamoto Days, Chapter Seventy Nine: Invisible Intent to Kill, and um. I really liked the way this chapter kind of started off with with the squad kind of just kicking it, delegating, going over the situation, and, and um, the comedy bits I thought that got peppered in were, were pretty nice as well, and uh, I thought it was super interesting to learn that Shishiba was not only um, in kind of a mentee position with Yotsumura, but was also then ordered to kill him and failed which is implied to be why uh, or how got he got his face. scar. Um, which is for sure an interesting ass development, and I can't wait to see like what may come of that dynamic inside of them trying to kill him now. Um, you know, the shit talking that might go on between Shishiba and, and Yotsumura. So yeah, that's definitely something that's got me on the edge of my seat going forward.
2: Oh man. I've been wondering how he gets that scar too.
0: Well, I mean... We'll get to see, probably, Mm -hmm. how that is coming up, um, especially as we learn more about Yotsumura. But, like, god damn. Like, his introduction was already cool as it is. He's so cool. I'm telling you. I mean, it's a good thing that we already met Boiled, like, well, like, early into the series. Because this man, like, the the hard-boiledness that he has, (laughs) what's Boiled... To shame dear God like just a smooth criminal throughout the entire chapter and I, I loved it um He's it, so it, it, it's such boy. it's such a great dynamic change considering like how goofy the beginning of the chapter is with our goofy duo and like babysitter Shishiba who's just like okay knock it off, come on, like, we're on a serious mission here. Uh, And then, like, you you immediately cut to, like, Yotsamura and, like, the ex-cronies and it's just, like, the tonal shift is just, like, oh. Which, I mean, that's one of the greatest things about Sakamoto Days, is that you can have this tonal shift in any given chapter and you're, like, oh, this is just natural for Sakamoto Days. Like, this doesn't feel off-putting to have these, like, like serious tonal shifts like in other series where it's just like oh well that's just that felt off like why why did it go like this like it it's it's always that great balance in Sakamoto Days and I I love it yeah. um I I do want to say at the beginning of the chapter it did make me interested like did somebody in like the order or you know the JAA higher ups did they know that Yotsumura was this target in this specific instance all along that he had, that that they had the three of them out on this mission. Um, or, or was it purely coincidence? Like, the the fact that, like, all of these people were in the same place at the same time, there had to be, there had to have been some kind of intel one way or the other. And obviously we do know that obviously like our jojo movie villain is the the double agent you know if not triple agent i mean who knows it it could end up that way eventually but we do at least know that he's a double agent right now so like is he the one that was feeding this information on their location you know to x in their group or was it somebody in the higher-ups that purposely sent them out like I'm I'm very curious to know how that like how that uh, unfolded, essentially.
2: Yeah. Uh see I see I see. It mm-hmm. makes me wonder um, if they messed up like cause like how far does X's plan go? Mm-hmm. You know? so like did he ever have a chance to like because he was part of order at one point and so i think it would be a completely uh Or him to like have these people in the background that he's kind of like prepped like the movie guy and then make sure that like the really talented people fall if he can
0: like, At least the ones that aren't aligned with him.
2: The ones that he knows he can't convince. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then by mm-hmm. forcing them into that untenable thing, he's just like, I'm just going to let them sit. Because they're a time bomb unto themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. I was going to say, Takamura is definitely somebody that he wants dead. And is presumed dead, but he's not dead. There's no way that Takamura is freaking dead. Mr.
3: Horrible. Slashing
0: buildings in half. Like I, I, this chapter did make me think I'm like, okay, like where are we on the power scaling level between Yotsumura and Takamura? Like where, 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 do they align if anything? Cause I mean, the, not, Not that the other members of the Order don't have these insane strength feats as it is, but, like, this is one of those chapters where it's just like, oh, damn.
2: You know, something I noticed, you're talking about the insane strength feats. The current members of Order are very fast, very flashy. But, like, Yotsubura and Takakura, they just very quick very decisively through weapons I love that mm-hmm. they're so old school and the way that they they flex is more of a technique based kind of thing because like the way like Yotsumura like does the 360 slash sparing you know the courtesan I guess
0: well we he don't even know that he spared her he said he we don't know clutter. that he spared her Yes.
2: Because he says he wanted to, but at the same time, like... The way
0: that she played it off, it it felt like she was another member of X's organization. But compared to the cronies, an actually competent member, if not like the kind of... Because we learn in this chapter that his motivations aren't the same. So it's very possible that this, you know, this courtesan, this geisha, like, she is possibly the handler in this situation.
2: like an intermediary.
0: Yeah. Because there's no way an ordinary person is going to react the way that she did in that chapter when everybody just got freaking sliced in half
1: (laughs) exactly like a normal a normal person is gonna freak out she's gonna scream she's not gonna be like oh he i wanted a red kimono thank you and secondly he seems genuinely kind of taken aback he's like hmm i meant to cut you too the fuck and he literally was like like 360 degrees like axel said fucking cut everything around him so i don't you know and it was in a clean line across everybody's torso who was crouched down already. So with her sitting literally, you know, two feet to his left, she should have been cut. So like, yeah, she either blocked it, you know, reacted to it in some way, shape or form that allowed her not to get injured by it. So she's like, she is literally, she, she is literally cold. She's cold as fuck. Like you were, you guys were saying she could be a handler for the, for, you know, the organization order um somebody high ranking you know in in some other field but like she is definitely not just some random ass fuck geisha like she's she's somebody for sure i mm-hmm. i'd bet my last fucking bottom dollar on that
2: man okay so <coughs> the dialogue on 12 the t I wonder at kimono thank you uh really spoke to me in like like Because I know I brought this up in the previous episode about, like, Yotsumura, as a movie character, his huge old boy, Ichi the Killer vibes, and, like, there was moments where you juxtapose, like, normal-feeling scenes, and you acted out, but the people are so dead inside that when you interrupt, like, the standard, like, everyday routine with like inexplicable violence their only reaction is like i'm so dead inside i'm just going to say what i can to like play it off as nothing and like live another day because that's all i have going for me so like her response reminded me of that sort of like well i'm dead inside and uh i've got a re- job to do i'm going to do my job and if that's what kills me then that's what kills me like I don't know. I thought it, it, it spoke to me more of like, um, almost like existential despair. But like, I don't know. That was the part of the things where I'm like, because we're talking about like, how could he have possibly missed? But like, you know, he may have said shit, but like, he could have genuinely spared her and then like said that and then seen like the, re- and then after seeing the reaction, like, yeah, I made the right choice. And then moved on but like
0: i don't know i guess i can see where you're coming from with that but the fact that she herself and her instrument were in no way phased by the attack that that that's really what kind of you know hinted to me like there's 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 more than meets the eye to this this girl that we're seeing here um especially the way that she's playing things off as if, like, nothing happened, like, out of the ordinary. Um, so, and whether or not she's related or whether or not, you know, she's just, like, a third party that, like, is, like, assassin-related and it's just like, I'm used to this kind of thing. Um, it's interesting. I, I'm still leaning towards her being part of X's organization, potentially being a handler or whatnot, but, Yeah um that being said leading so leading up to um what happened with them being cut i thought it was really interesting seeing that conversation that was going down between yotsumura and x's cronies yeah, the um which which also was the reason for the the title of the chapter where you know these these cronies they 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 want to be revolutionaries they want to you know kill the members of the JAA they want to topple the organization meanwhile yotsumura is just like no an assassin needs to be bland they need to be invisible their their motives don't need to be worn on their sleeves like this like you guys like you guys aren't real assassins. Um, And I I thought that was really interesting, like, because it's, his mentality is very similar, once again, to Takamura's, Um, which goes to show, you know, like they're part of this kind of like older generation of assassins compared to all of these, you know, top top members of the order right now, minus Shishiba he's one of the more controlled kind of people. Um, like everyone else their their personality is pretty worn on their sleeves. yes like they are, you know it, it's especially Nagamo. I mean like dear God um, he's just like happy and just destructive and I love him. Um, but it it's it's so interesting to me that like Yotsamura isn't necessarily, going along with this because he shares the same ideals or whatnot as X. Um, But more so, at least for him, he's doing this just because he wants to be free. He wants to, you know, go out on the town, be able to, you know, have the sun shining down on his face and know that he's a free man. But because Mm -hmm. his interests and X's interests are intersecting, that's the reason why they're interacting as they are right now. And also, again, potentially leading into the theory from before that the Geisha courtesan is the handler because, you know, he's not fully on T Max.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely, um, like you were talking about, I like his motivations for joining Slur, right? Yeah. Um, or maybe 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 just the simple conviction behind the actions that you were talking about where he just literally wants to be able to walk freely under the sun without having to like look over his shoulder constantly lead someone into an alley to to ambush and murder him cuz they're tracking him um, definitely a very relatable aspect inside of his character and i personally like cannot wait to see more more fucking y- yotsumura stuff mm mm-hmm. mhm um, and as far as the Shamisen lady, like, yeah, it's gonna... It's gonna take a lot to convince me that she's not somebody crazy. Like, because this... They had the indiscriminate attack that she dodged, like, that was literally even aimed at... Just anybody that was possibly around to the point where... The people in the next room got killed. Like, you know, she definitely mm-hmm. should have died. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I
2: so you mean I'm looking at page seven right now.
1: Yeah, page... Page, uh... Seven. Yeah, she's right next to him. Page seven and then page eleven where you can see, like, the actual scale of the attack. Like, even in the next room, he cut the whole wall in half and cut these people in half, too. Like, yeah. Insane. That attack is nuts, dude. Dude,
2: it's cinematic as fuck. I love it.
1: Um, You can definitely see it in a slow motion sequence now that you say that. Like, cinematically, like, in the anime, it's gonna be like, we have to be invisible with our intent to kill. Takes the sip of sake and they slow-mo him set the cup down. Talk, it like tacks the cup gets set down and then Slaaa just fucking slash mm. the fuck out of them all. Oh
2: man. I just imagine him do it like because it's the idea of like you see him, like, bring the cup to his lips. It flips to, like, these people, like, suddenly separating. And it doesn't do the sp- splashing thing. It just goes to, like, complete quiet. And you just can hear, like, a small, like, of, like, him sipping the drink. And then it goes to splatter as it pans to, like, the rest of the thing. That's kind of the vibes that I got from that. Um I loved his lines, though. Like... You know, assassins are bland, and I—I I, I really like the one where he's just like, you know, I don't want to waste the sake. You know, it's like ah, this is drinks the sake. Uh, hard, the boiled. Right. Hard, hard, hard boiled. It's hard
0: boiled.
2: I love it. Uh, I love it so much. Like hell
0: yeah. Um, it's it's even it's even more hard boiled because he's not trying to be hard-boiled like that's not his care like he's just like i'm bland i'm invisible Mm -hmm. i am like the prime assassin compared to boiled or it's just like i'm hard-boiled because i'm hard-boiled it's just like i love i love him i want to see him again but like the fact that yotsamura isn't even trying and is, like, being as hard-boiled as he is. I just Do you think oh, good. that
2: hard-boiled was built early to contrast the later, like, actual hard-boiled characters? It's very possible. And be like, hey, I want to show you a guy who thinks he's hard-boiled. A couple chapters, say, I'm going to show you who's really fucking hard-boiled. Let's go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yo. Because, like, hard-boiled Honestly, is impossible. Really everyone else like he was a kid yep. to sakamoto so
0: Mm-hmm. which i mean and sakamoto's also not old i'm older than sakamoto that's how yeah. young sakamoto actually is yeah
2: so that's why i like to think is like you know that's really interesting that like they've taken so much care to like show the like generational differences in like their like culture of philosophy as they're like between
1: the ages of different groups yeah mm-hmm.
2: which is like really <laughs> contrasted in that last scene
1: yeah i was just gonna say speaking of that you know we can kind of segue that into the last scene here where we see you know amane obviously Back talking shit. like he's like oh all these j jaa fucks should just die and like we got other students like yo like I'm with the, you know, kind of revolution, like, society reformation, but, like, I got family, bro. I don't think they should all die, like, in the JAA, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe we could reform it, but, like, damn, bro, my 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 aunt works there, bro. Like, come on, G, what's up? So we definitely get those contrasting um, viewpoints even within the contrasting, like, you get the contrasting viewpoints of the different generations, and then even within those generations, you explore the different viewpoints of the of each individual.
0: The newest a, one, yeah, yeah, which
1: is a really cool access, um, access um, aspect it's, to see within Sakamoto days, like just yeah, diversity.
0: It's interesting too that like you know he has that like that hesitation, you know, when everybody else like brings up like oh well you know I I have family like. I, you know, I hate the J A too, but, like, I want to spare, like, my family. And he's just like, yeah, I was just, you know, hyperbole, guys. Like, it's, we're not killing all of them. And it's just, like, you you can see, like, that motivation is there. Like, at the end of the day, like, everyone else is a means to an end. Like, he, for whatever reason... And Sakamoto alludes to the fact; it's just like there's something about Amane that seems familiar. Like there is some kind of reason, potentially familial, that he wants to kill everyone in the JAA. And I'm very interested to know who that relation like is, whether it is familial or demeanor of like a mentor or whatever.
1: I have an idea, and it's you know. Uh... I have really nothing to back it up, other than an inkling, right? And this is just based off aesthetics, the art, you know. So which I think would. I don't know why, but um, Amane, just his aesthetic, his um facial expressions, his mannerisms, and his eyes all really mu- remind me a lot of Yotsumura. And uh, I don't know, it could be a reach, but I wonder if they aren't related in some way or associated in some way and his motivations for wanting to, you know, kill all the people in the JAA is what they did to Yotsamora and how they fucking Mm -hmm. annexed and outcasted and, you know, um, exiled and, and hunted him, you know, up to this point. I don't know. Again, nothing really to back it up, other than an inkling based on aesthetics. But, yeah. It's an idea that I had.
0: I like that idea. I guess my only concern with that is just, like, you know, considering that his mission, supposedly, is to destroy the database that is, you know, at the school. um, Like It seems that he doesn't necessarily have an in with with X's group. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where my concern is like, you know, he's related to somebody that Sakamoto knows, but that person that he's related to isn't involved with that group. Um so, you know, I'm I'm really curious like who he could potentially be related to. I like the idea that it's, ah. you know, Yotsumura because he has a very similar look in his eyes, but um I don't know. I, I feel like it's somebody that's not already in that organization, and that's why he needs to prove himself by finding this database and destroying it. Well, well I guess
1: you know, to dovetail off that real quick, Melo, and then you can go into what you're talking about just real quick. Um, it could be kind of a tandem initiation thing where like they have Yotamura working from the outside and then they have his little nephew or his son kind of working from the inside and they're both trying to prove themselves and work their way into the organization together. Cause Yotsamura doesn't seem like he's necessarily like in, in yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause we still had the lackeys talking shit to him. Like, Oh, you, you ain't shit. da nah, da nah, nah. You know, like if he was in the, in the organization, like those lackeys aren't going to be talking shit to this fucking, this deer guy like that, you know? So I think it seems like they're both kind of on the outs still. So I, and again, it's a reach, but that could be something, a slight justification to, to why um, why it seems off a little bit like you were talking about. But anyways, Melo, go ahead, mm-hmm. sorry.
2: To touch on both your points, uh, Amadei being related to Yotsumura could work because Sakamoto was part of the Order, and so was Yotsumura. So the fact that Amadei reminds him of Yotsumura is because he saw a younger Yotsumura and so he thinks like yeah and so like it's not the same old man right now so uh, that's in sakamoto's mind so then he wouldn't it wouldn't be
0: that much of an age difference though because i mean we'd be talking like maybe seven years worth of time
2: yeah so like there's 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 a little bit there like there could that could lead to that um the fact that they're like treating this initiation yeah he could be related to yotsamaru but like they might not know that or they know that and that's why they're giving him a chance but they're using this initiation so that as sort of a payment so that they don't have to do it themselves he's like yeah we need to get rid of this thing we definitely need to get rid of this database we don't want anyone to know who really X really is so we'll get this guy to destroy the database and maybe they've done that I gave in that offer to multiple students yeah. that don't know each other because what's the point of letting all of these students know that you are talking to the same person when you that's why um, um, like in cyber terrorism right there is the fact that like or terrorism in general uh, you often see groups have like three main dudes that like interact with people and then they interact with like one dude e- one dude each. And then those dudes interact with three dudes. And those three dudes act and interact with uh, three dudes. And then those keep like a main chain. But like, they definitely compa- like compartmentalize and make those the groups as small as possible so that if one gets caught, there's only so much information you can grab from them because they only know up to so many people. That's... Uh... Uh, what's it called? It's like, a information loss mitigation, you know? So like, it, when they're bound to get caught or fail, they don't have to, they don't lose as much as an organization. And I feel like that's how, uh, X and Slurs Group is structured, in this way. Um, but yeah, I think that you both are on to something
1: yep yeah i I just can't wait to see kind of how things play out you know i think there definitely there's multiple possibilities right now um there's a lot of different cogs moving man we got a lot of people kind of going after this database so as we can see on this last page so it's definitely going to be a nail-biting situation going forward yeah and we and i can't wait to see what akira when akira comes into play man is she gonna just be kind of a gaggy sidebar outlier the whole time where we see her just going through little school antics as we're doing this? or She's going to
2: find it herself on accident.
1: I'm very, very... Bro. Yeah, that is what's going to happen 100%. Because I was just going to say, like, there's got to be some way she comes into play. There's no way she just sits as a sidebar this whole time and does not play a part in this. And and now that you just said that offhandedly, like, I am... I'm sold on that. Like, she's going to be the one that finds it without even knowing that that's what everybody's looking for. And then, like, she's going to offhandedly, like, talk to Shin or something and be like, oh, this room? With this database?
3: <laughs>
2: Yo. I, think, I think, like, two episodes ago, we talked about the possibility of, like, where the database is. And I remember my idea was the cafeteria because during the day it's the most trafficked place it'd be the hardest to break into
3: Mm. and it's like
2: wide open so there's not a lot of places to hide and you can hide things behind shelves and stuff so like
1: what if you have to like hit a certain button on a certain lunch machine and it's one of the small buttons that are very very hard to hit to get the the special lunch items and it's, uh, yeah. it's, you know, like you th- you would think it's just another, you know, another lunch item. And it's, like, very, very small to hit, you know. And so it's, like, most people are not going to be able to do it. And you pretty much don't. Like, it's hiding it in plain sight, pretty much. You know, I think that yeah. totally makes sense. I think or hitting them in a tough. specific order. A se- a sequence. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Or maybe it's a, oh, man, like a multi, um, what do they call that, uh, the lock system where it's, like, a multi um sequence lock a sequence lock where multi-stage lock sequence lock where multiple people have to input a certain sequence in a certain order so maybe like i don't know how many machines there are maybe it's three to four people you have to have three to four people hit a certain sequence of buttons on these machines in a certain order and then some fucking some catacomb door opens up to underneath the lunchroom and that's where the database is or something
2: uh, what if it's, like, a thing where, like, you have the soda machine, and you basically take, like, like, there's a regular key, right? But then what if there is a secondary key that is basically, um, the same key, but with like, a long, thin point straight down the middle, right? Like just pointing forward so that you stick the key into the regular thing and it turns right but it's also decompressing a a thing further into the mechanism that like registers that the machine is on then they uh you know pull it out then they go to the walk-in cooler press like a button four like four or five times Mm -hmm open it up get in there there's like a little like temperature cooler in the back of it and like if you flip a switch on the bottom that's like on the back of it you'll like and then you can like push
1: in one of the shelves and like go out I'm not going to lie, that sounds like really, really convoluted, but that definitely yes. makes sense. Like, that could totally, you know, obviously it would be convoluted and complicated the process to get into It'd in be like potentially a 30-second so movie scene. Definitely doesn't seem like something far-fetched or out of the realm of possibility in terms of, like, the requirements to get into this room. Yep. It would it's,
2: be like it definitely at uh, Mission Impossible.
1: Yeah.
0: It definitely feels like it's either going to be something that it's been in plain sight all along. Yep. Um, it's, they're just going to stumble upon it because dumb luck. I mean, it happens in Sakamoto days all the time. Like I wouldn't be surprised if that happened or it is, you know, some secret, you know, convoluted way to get to it one way or another. Honestly, I'm not going to be disappointed with any of those three options because any one of them, I, I, I'm confident that they can pull off. Yeah. Um but I'm just curious to see who's gonna get to it first because we have multiple groups that are all trying to get to it.
2: Yeah. The database and s- is hidden under the giant vending machine thing that they shoot at. And you just go up to it and you press all five of the stakeable stakeable buttons, and then that's what like pops open the door, like a
1: hatch somewhere. That'd be interesting. Um, and we also got to think that you know Sakamoto's you know transformation is is timed like he's only got what? Uh, Seventeen. He's got twenty-four hours total. Seventeen hours left, sixteen something like that maybe. I don't know. Yeah. You know, definitely uh, not a whole lot of time. So yeah, we, we just, it's a bug clenchy situation right now, man. And I love the the little. Fully totally I love the little dude in the back of the last panel where Akira is eating the uh, JCC bowl. Um, he's in the back, like you can do it. I just like picture a little scene in the uh, in the anime where this is like the ending sequence to the episode, and like
2: oh. it's like
1: that narrator voice, like this is going on in the next episode, and then like we get that last scene, and we can just hear this dude like come there. <laughs> dude,
2: the love bond, come yeah. Love them. They're just like you can do it, kid. They're like, ah, sweet old person.
1: Gomate. Yeah, you know, yeah, fucking. That's but I, got I think, for yeah, Sakamoto. that's. Yeah, I agree. That's pretty much all I had for Sakamoto this week.
0: Mm-hmm. Another great chapter, as usual.
1: Yes. Yes. Sakamoto goatness. Hell yeah. All right. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into. Chapter 138 of Mission Yozakura Family, Gold Rank Spy, Alexandriu. and this chapter is fire as fuck, bro. Bro, Alexandriu, motherfucking doing his thing this chapter, but uh, I guess to start things off kind of at the beginning of the chapter, I definitely enjoyed seeing um, Giga, right, in the role that we would normally see Shion in, kind of like running the tech. Guy in the chair, scanning cameras, thermal checks, etc. Um, I honestly hope we don't have to like wait too super long until we learn more um, about the person behind the camera. You know, if there is one at all. I think you know. Last chapter, we were speculating that the person who was shadowy in the in the chair could have been Giga, the real person. Um, but I think, to me personally, at least, Giga and the sleeping bag chick definitely have the most allure in terms of uh, like wanting to know more about them. So yeah, I, I just can't wait to learn more about them.
2: Yeah, they get the least off. I but I do like the zoom into like Ed like personality. Yeah. I love the like aside that we learned about Shinzo and like the kind of expounding on their relationship so it's not just so like like I appreciate the context for how touchy-feely the character is. Like, I understand that they're, like, a reporter, and they're like, I need to know these things, and mega logic, so I get it. But, like, I appreciate the context. I think it's really cool that, like, uh, how he was able to, like, perfectly memorize so much information yeah. and, like, draw upon that... Like, I really like his character now. This is great. And I can't wait to, like, see this kind of treatment, hopefully, for, like, the other gold rings. I really want to see what they're like. And, like, I'm kind of interested to see, like, what aspects of spy society are they going to be? Like, what's their element? What is going to be showcased alongside the context of their lives?
1: Yeah. I definitely, I enjoyed the training room. A lot right the orphan training room it uh makes total sense that there would be a slew a ton of orphans from the aftermath of the assassination business on you know on either side of it right so um i yeah. really like to well I'm not, not... assassins
0: spy spy spies yes, yeah, sorry there Fuck. is a jesus Christ. it's a
1: squares rectangles argument <laughs> yes okay so the spies the spy business um i feel like yeah i really like to get the info that um They actually have a department that houses and trains these orphans if they want to be trained, which feels to me like it's got Izumo written all over it. I don't know about you guys, but that just to me feels that way. And uh, also, like like Melo, you were saying the fact that Ryu is like very, very involved with the training and like care of these children. Um... While it, it comes off a little weird, maybe it, it actually felt pretty wholesome to me overall. Yeah. And it seems like he's really trying to be somewhat of a father figure for these orphan children. Um and so Or thought, a mother
0: figure considering they call him Mama Ryu.
1: Mama Ryu, yeah, he's trying to be kind of a mother figure. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, neutral uh, guardian. I thought, I thought it was really cool to get that that look into that kind of other that softer side of his character that we haven't seen as as of yet up to this point. So yeah, that was definitely really cool to see. I like that. Mm-hmm. He
2: definitely is. Oh, go. Oh, ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I feel like Alexandrio definitely displayed like mama bear energy uh, against the bow She's like, no, no, no. I know these kids beat. It's it's like that moment where like. Your kid said, someone said your kid was smoking weed. I, I would know my kid do drugs, drugs. And you're like, I don't believe them. But some people were like, oh, I know exactly where the fuck my kid is right now. They're kind of a picky eater, so they're probably going to get hungry around 7. And I'm like, I believe you. Like, <laughs> yeah. you've got to down to a science. But, like, that Mamba energy, they tore up those Sakurambo dudes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So so, go ahead with what you were gonna say earlier, Axel, just a minute ago.
0: Sure. I, the, the overall the chapter is great, um, which is why you know it and Yu Yu are my two chapters of the week, personally. Yes. Um, because I mean, Yozakura has just been on just a great track lately, um, just with Momo and everything going on yes. with him. And on um, a hell of a which run. Is great. Absolutely. Um, and this this chapter in particular really was, you know, a great showcase for Ryu. Um, and specifically, you know, what makes him, you know, the gold spy that he is. And I mean, obviously, that's the point. Like, that this is that, you know, the, the focus chapter for him to an extent. Um, but, like, getting to see, you know, how he interacts with the kids is great. Um, and just going to show that, like... Given, you know, his position, where he is an editor in chief, where he is, you know, a news reporter, yeah. he is someone that like if you are gonna be, you know, if you are gonna go to anyone for any kind of up-to-date news or any kind of you know, minute appearance details, it is really- he is the person to go to. Because like the the fact that he is able to say like just off of a glance, determine that this kid is actually a body snatcher. And that's how I'm going to refer to them, since that is, you know, just how this current arc is going. Um, How he's able to instantly, you know, tell like, hey, this kid is not supposed to be here. He has already been adopted um, and literally goes into fine details on his adopted family, when he was you know adopted and what he is currently doing yeah, he said he's at piano um, lessons
1: right now
0: yep i know like that. so he knows and it's just like throat grab you are dead um and then the other body snatcher in the room is just like well my cover is you know going to be blown anyway so i might as well try and take the initiative and ryu is just like i am already here in front <sighs> yeah. of you like Holy crap, I'll like, you not only does he have the man. strength, right, he's got the strength, but he's also got this incredible speed. Like, he just, oh my god, so, so good. And again, like, this, this chapter is great just seeing, you know, how he's also interwoven into Shinzo's backstory. Like, how there is, you know, this extensive history that has been... They're, you know, between them, how, you know, Ryu has this history with all these kids that have been, you know, coming through the organization um, and helping to raise them and teach them how to hold a knife properly to somebody's throat. You know, that's how you raise a kid, Uh, you know, grade A knife wielding. Yes. Yeah. Um, Just just great overall
1: yeah the 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 when he realized the the infiltration that shit was insane bro like like you said it was it was awesome to see that he to that extent has memorized every minute detail of these fucking children and even after they get adopted keeps up with them to the point where he knows exactly what they're doing at this moment in time um so that was really cool like a further reinforcement of that loving caring side of his character that we're just meeting this chapter he knows
0: people in general like this this doesn't like yes it applies to the kids but like even when he met tayo for the first time he knew he knew all about him about him yeah despite never even meeting him up to that point he already had this wellspring of information on him yeah
1: so it Have definitely reinforces it? the fact that he is just, like, an information mogul. And, like, yeah, just real quick, Melo, and then yep. you can go into whatever you're about to bring up. He bodied the fuck out of these Sakurambo, man. Like, it was actually terrifying and haunting to see him go off like that. And based on the art and based on, like, how quickly he disposed of them, like, it feels like he fucking put some extra sauce on it, like, because he was just pissed about the fact that it was the children that they infiltrated. Um, so yeah. yeah, then we get that hilarious bit of, uh, of, uh, his insane passion for journalism too, on the, uh, the double page spread on page f- 14 and 15, which was again, very, very haunting and just an amazing panel, man. I can't, <laughs> that was, that was some amazing art, bro. Like this, this panel is fucking insane.
2: Dude. I love that what he bodied that stature, it is was <laughs> drastic. He shoved that kid, Sakaranbo, uh through like four different walls. And then like, just is on top of him, writing, narrating about his life, just breaking him down while the guy's just like, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm on my back, you know, I'm gonna try and drain him. He's like, it doesn't matter. And he, what was the line that he said? He said, When facing an opponent with overwhelming muscle and overwhelmingly violent strength, they are powerless. And then he just looks like, I don't know, uh, Salvador Dali, but in like, make it Baki.
1: Yeah, dude, that's.
0: It's such a great double page spread right there. I love it. That does look like a Baki thumbnail for
1: sure. Yeah, that's an amazing double page spread. Like, that. Like, I was just saying, the art on that is, is fucking haunting, bro. Like, that's some S some tier art right there. It's. Especially. It's,
2: it's the blur oh. for me. Like, the blur on the splatter to, like, distort and, like, add speed to it. Disgusting.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, it's the smile that does it for me. The because, smile. like, up to this point, like, he's had a very subdued expression on his face at any given point in time um so like that smile just oh it's it's so good it's so good just seeing like just him in that moment uh and the emotions there compared to what we've been seeing up to that point
1: yeah yeah and i mean really overall like the aesthetic of the entire, just that black and white, you know, like that stark, flush, white, black uh, background to the panel, the black blood with the splattering and the blurring, like you said, that kind of add that distortion and speed to it. That fucking wicked, like just evilly passionate smile about journalism, the super stark shading on him, just the the black and white again, like super stark, dark blacks with fucking like the just the straight sketch lines into the super stark whites on him like I don't know that the panel is just that's a god tier panel bro I can't even this 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 panel slaps
3: Mhm Yeah Oh
1: Um so yeah I guess we get another thing that I really liked about this is that we get another you know monumental moment of um kind of clarity and realization from the perspective of tayo after witnessing like what the fuck Ryu just did he's like yo so this is what it takes to be a gold rank fucking spy like he really gets this really nice stark example especially for somebody with his ability set you know of what it's going to take to to reach that level you know so I thought, thought that was uh, I thought that was really cool to see, man. I like these examples that we keep getting for tile that this road's not gonna be easy, he's gonna have to continue putting in the work that he's been putting in to an umpteenth degree even um
0: to reach that level.
1: Being that so he's, he's had, a regular human and he started very late.
0: He's had three examples of gold rank spies in the house his entire time though, too. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's been Futaba, Shinzo, and Oh my god, why am I... Yo, oh my god, I, why I blanked on him for a second there. So, like, just finally seeing, other than, you know, like, the chairman, um, seeing the capabilities of another gold rank spy outside the family, especially one, okay, like, also considering the fact that, like, they don't have Yozakura blood, like, just seeing how strong of a spy they still are, you know, despite that. Like, that is... The level that he needs to reach, not even necessarily considering, you know, what the levels of Shinzo Futaba and Kyoichiro are. So yeah. it, it is it is great for him to see that firsthand what the kind of difference is.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! And I like the uh, the little end oh. scene we get with the radio call where they're like, "All right, we took down," you know two of them in the, in the uh, training rooms. Got one in the lab and it shows us little uh, the little lion's mane dude. He's like got the beaker and shit. He took one out. They took two out in the greenhouse. We got the uh, pantsuit lady and the fucking
0: sleeping Who... bag girl.
1: Who is she with?
0: The sleeping bag girl.
1: Who's stand? Isn't there somebody next standing next to the pantsuit lady though on her right? The sleeping well, no.
0: The the two there were the pantsuit lady and the uh, sleeping bag girl. They each took down. Okay,
1: I think I think that is the Sakurambo Mello. I think you're right. Next to her on her right. For some reason, I thought that was somebody standing next to her, and there was three people in the gar in the greenhouse. But yeah, so yeah, they each took out one of them. Dope as fuck. I just can't like. Give me the information on the sleeping bag girl. Come on, man. Like, why you, man? My fucking Godaira, let's go.
0: Well, we're probably not even gonna see what they're capable of until after oh, nice. this event. Honestly, they're probably gonna be left in the dark, um, and they're just they're just gonna show us the capabilities of Futaba's bestie in the next chapter, if anything. Like, um, oh, I probably. need the, but, I need the Shura shit too, man.
2: Dude. Yeah. The Shura stuff on page seventeen was funny because they're like, "Dum da, dum dum dum," it's me and Futaba, and then the dudes in the back are like, "Yikes, it's Shura!" <laughs> right, right. Go ahead, Axel. Oh boy, she seems um, like an unreasonable sort.
0: I, I'm very curious to see where this is all leading up to, though, because you know, per Kyoichiro, they're like, "This doesn't really make sense. We haven't found." any bombs yet of the enemies that we've destroyed, they have been unorganized and none of them have been carrying a bomb. So, you know, what is their real target? Um, And so I at least have two thoughts on where or who the potential target could be. Um, At this point in time, I'm honestly thinking that like, Momo potentially knows who and or where Giga is and is specifically trying to target Giga because by taking Giga out of the equation that will you know cripple the technical technological capabilities, um, you know, that the organization has right now. Um, if if I had a completely left field guess, it would be like, haha! Uh, your organization wasn't my target at all, and I'm actually going after Hinakiku. But like, that is like my completely left field. Like, I'm gonna go target the organization, other organization that we haven't covered in X amount of chapters. But <laughs> honestly, Spink. Honestly speaking, I think that potentially the target for Momo with this is you know, Giga. the real person or location of Giga, especially if up until this point, Giga has, Giga has had all this information and access to see what's going on, but Giga hasn't been able to produce any kind of results yet. Um, like Giga wasn't able to detect, you know, any unusual activity or persons, couldn't, you know, discover any like anything that remotely resembled a bomb um sure like giga was able to see like the body counts after like they were disposed of but like up until this point giga isn't able to get any kind of discernible information so with that in mind you know with giga focusing in on this is this like the perfect opportunity for momo to come in and be like Aha! You were gonna vote. You were gonna vote my family out of the organization while well, you're dead, since you know that is Momo's current objective.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think you definitely could be onto something, and I think we even touched on this in the last review, where uh, I thought pay on on page three and four of last chapter during Momo's speech he talks about how there's always been people that want to meddle and interfere with the Ozakura family. And, um, he says, I bet you think that even now at this very moment, you're watching me from total safety, but you're not, I'm watching you too. Um, and it shows like a, a, shadowy figure in a chair watching the video through a screen. Um, and I thought maybe it could be the person that Kyoichiro hinted at a couple arcs back. Um, that has trying to quote unquote hurt the Yozakura family, but Mello, I believe, brought up the alternate possibility that it this shadowy figure could be Giga, and that Giga may be you know a target here in this in this situation. So I definitely think you're onto something. There. I, I think that for sure could be a possibility, and the fact that you brought up that it would cripple their you know technological capabilities definitely adds to that and lends to that even more. So. It's to have you on board. Just wanted to bring that up because that, you know, these panels and the discussion from last week, you know, tied well into kind of what you were talking about.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: So, yeah. Uh, Man, Giga, fuck. Giga might be out of there, bro.
0: That's what you get for having lazy character design.
1: (laughs)
3: <laughs> Which, I
0: mean, has always been a funny just running gag. I mean, the fact that there was just a stickman spy, like, back during the, the, the character creation contest, that was a thing. Just great. Fantastic. Um, I don't know if this was covered or not while I was uh, internet interneted out. Um, did we cover um, the mysterious someone that Shinzo and Ryu... We're talking about or alluding to at the end of Shinzo's uh, I don't, reminiscing.
1: I don't believe we did. Um, they talked about, yeah. I wish we could show him how strong you've gotten, and then and then Shinzo just says, "Yeah," and Taiyo kind of what notices it. What page is that on? That is page seven. Yeah, yeah, the top of page seven. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I wondered about that, but I really have no idea who it could be. I don't know. Nobody pops into right. my mind. You know what? That's the beautiful thing about like
2: really like strong Manka, is they live by this idea that it's never too early to start foreshadowing.
0: Well, and it's possible that this person could potentially be you know touched upon too uh, with Futaba and Kyoichiro. Especially considering, you know, with these flashbacks, we were seeing the three of them, you know, being trained and whatnot. Like, maybe there is this other person that was involved at one point in time that's no longer there um, that, you know, touched upon each of them and left them an impact. So I'm I'm really curious because, like, this is seemingly the first time that there's been some kind of allusion to somebody that's not there anymore um, and, and specifically a male figure not a female one yeah yeah
2: man it it's probably his like spy association bestie you know growing up I don't know I'm sure it'll be used against him as a form of emotional trauma
1: maybe it was uh like a um a co-founder of the the spy magazine with Ryu. It was like, like you said, maybe his best friend and and uh, kind of a, a juxtaposing personality. Like he was the father figure and, and Ryu was the mother figure for these orphan children. What if...
0: What if, like, Momo Yozakura actually did have a brother... And that was Shinzo's uncle. And Shinzo's uncle is now the Sakuranbo.
2: We talked about that at one point. Because we were like, what are the Sakuranbo? He's a little brother and I'm like, what if he just rounded up? Because like, like, Momo married into the family, like Tayo. So mm-hmm. like... He could have just gone around the countryside and just abducted a bunch of relatives and said, like, You're close enough to me genetically. Plant. Yeah. That'd be wild. Ooh, still gross. Like, it's, you know, it's potentially out there still. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: He's, He's a gross boy, so... Yeah. I don't know, I think that's about all I had for this chapter of Yozakura Family. I'm upset. Yeah, I'm good. Ryu, Ryu fans eating this chapter, man. But uh, yeah, that'll do Ryu it. stock's
0: on the rise. Hell yeah.
1: All right, that'll do it. All righty. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into Jujutsu Kasim, chapter 191, Sakura Jima Colony, part one. And uh, this was kind of a – it's not a – Super whole lot to this chapter, but, like, this chapter was low-key a banger, man. The scene at the beginning was so insane. Like, uh, just such a huge flex of Kenjaku's, like, planning ability. And also his ability to, like, enact those plans. You know, like, being able to, to kind of make a plan and say, I want to do this is one thing. But then being able to, like, literally systematically fucking enact these plans is, is a whole nother thing. And so he's just such a scary individual to think about going up against. And I can't imagine how like Kamo feels as he's confronting him and just gets every hope that he had at retaining like his position systematically stripped down and just tossed to the fucking wayside. And then to add insult to injury, he just shrugs him off on some like you being alive literally affects me in no way. And fighting you is beneath me type shit. So such a good fucking scene to start the chapter off with. And, like, Kenjaku really has thought of every fucking thing. And it makes me question if they can even come at him in a way that he has not already thought of and accounted for, right? It's fucking... Yeah. It's scary as fuck. Like, such a terrifying antagonist and so well done by Gege in terms of, like, his character and the threat that he poses within the world. Fucking Kenjaku, man, is just...
0: Wow, I am the superior Noritoshikamo. Deal with it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, Yo. the 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 casual, just the, the the casual, just flexing this entire chapter by him is just like, yeah, I've already been here on mm-hmm. the twenty fifth head. Fuck you. It's like just like the the guys in the Senate that opposed me—they're dead. The the guy that ordered Yuta to kill Itador Yuji? Dead. Exactly. Which that was that was interesting to me just because it was just like, okay, this is like the the one person or group of people that weren't directly affecting you, but were affecting your plans for Yuji and Sukuna. Like, it was interesting that those were like the specific people that he targeted once he was in the position that he was. Um but even before we get to that, um this discussion around uh, this old servant dude Shino yeah. is interesting to me. This was Kenjaku's it, servant. Right? Yep. Yeah, it it well, I believe he was the he, when he was Noritoshikamo. Exactly um the previous version. Um, so it, it it begged the question to me, like, and it could be either way on this, is is Shino actually over 150 years old, which is totally a possibility in in this current world of how old people are, Or is he essentially an older reincarnation um, compared to like the other younger ones running around the battlefield right now? Like, is he just a dude that has, like, lived to be, like, 80 years old twice or something like that? Um, I
2: I think that he's legitimately just old as balls. Like, I think the dude's, like, 200 years old. He looks it. Plus, like, our generation's Noritoshi combo was talking to him as if he had known him a long time and knew that he had access to the people that he needed to talk to. So I feel like that implies that he's just ancient as balls. He he might be under some, like, sorcery-induced Alzheimer's episode, basically transporting himself to his younger years, because Suguru definitely... Doesn't like look like Noritori kabo beyond the the kenjaku head scars. So I feel like there's a little bit of sorcery in how he perceives
1: the world. Absolutely. I was I mean, under the impression did. that this guy was a reincarnated person. Um, maybe maybe just a servant. It seems like he was a servant back in that day because he's talking about he names this other captain and, uh, and then Noritoshi is like, yo, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? Like the captain is this dude. Like, I don't got time for your stupid ass fucking jokes, bro. Have you forgotten? Like the next head of the family. And then he's like, a child can't deceive me. What the fuck are you talking about? Like I'm old, but I ain't forgot. You do sort of look like buddy though. And he's talking about Kenjaku. Ex, ex Noritoshi Kamo. Right. So it seemed yeah. to me, at least, my interpretation of the situation is that, like, maybe if nothing else, this was just the servant from Kenjaku's day that maybe he liked. So he's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reincarnate you too," and you don't even really. Maybe he's the. Maybe he didn't even force him to participate in the culling game. Maybe he's just uh, uh, a kind of a, a plus one, or if you will, or a ride along. You know.
0: Which begs the question at this point, like. Are there other reincarnated people that are essentially plants in, you know, either the other families or just the Jujutsu sorcerer people as a whole that were able to, you know, get him to where he needed to be? Um, Like, were there other people in the Kamo clan that were reincarnations? Were there other conservative members of the Jujutsu sorcerers that were are also reincarnations, like we. His scope right now is insane, mm-hmm. and we have only seen like glimpses of what he's been doing. But, like the fact that he's even been talking to China, like he went outside of Japan to China, and, and or just talked to a Chinese delegation. But honestly speaking, he probably went to China, yeah. like the machinations that are going on with his plan are insane like in it's very possible that like he put people into place where he needed to in order to insert himself as the now 25th head of the camo clan yep. and as well as you know that conservative seat you know in in the the panel of sorcerers like it's Absolutely crazy! Like we're we're talking beyond like Aizen mm. levels of preparation, seemingly from Bleach. Like yeah, heck, I, depending funny. on where we end up at the end of the series, we could be talking you know preparation beyond what freaking Madar Madara had in Naruto, yeah. and like that was like this century. Spanning plan that he had, like there is so much going on that it's it's funny, honestly, that you have you know the current young Noritoshi Kamo coming in thinking like he's you know he knows who he needs to talk to and what he needs to do, and like you've got Kenjaku over here playing five dimensional chess and being like, oh, that's cute. You're you're gonna. You were going to try and attack me? Like, dude, duh. No. D- don't, don't even... I don't want to make a mess of this place right now. Like, yeah. just... You can go. It's fine. You being alive does not affect my plans one way or another. And then Kamo is just like, I'm so angry, I'm going to go get a haircut.
2: <laughs> That's fair, man.
1: Yo. Also, like, my you have to do him like that, though. You ain't gonna have to do him like that. I mean, He said, I'm so angry, I'm going to go get a haircut. Okay.
2: <laughs> this is bad boy summer let's go
1: I'm fucking screaming that's hilarious bro but yeah Kenjaku really like is on some Aizen type shit that's funny that you said that because I was going to make that comparison earlier but I didn't want to like you know I didn't want to have anybody getting on my heels like ah, why Aizen's way better but yeah no he fucking definitely was in the chair on some like
0: ah ah
1: ah ah
0: ah you thought too bad cause I
1: already did it type shit. Like, you fucked up. Like, I, You thought you was gonna come in here and shit was sweet, bro? Like, no. I already took care of everything. You're,
2: You're ass. five years too late, according to my last draft.
1: Yo ass...
0: Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Aizen did all these things, but at the end of the day, Aizen didn't put his brain in a female body just to conceive the main character. Man. True,
2: true. He Kenjaku does the most.
0: <laughs> it's just... <laughs> the the the, the dedicate the dedication to the plan
1: <laughs> man i totally forgot about that like that t- like, i like i didn't forget about it but that had totally slipped my mind just that that like yeah we got that on panel right like he is yuji's yeah he is yuji's mom yeah that's why he had the executioner kill the
2: person who suggested the person who's like, "Yeah, no, you were involving in like the death of my son. I kill you because like he literally walked out that one girl from ug's school. It's like, thanks you, for, thank you for being kind to my son, and then bops out.
0: Bye." He's like a man.
2: I've got
1: other people to harass. Oh, yeah, no, that that aspect totally slipped my mind. That just like, yeah, considering that, you know, definitely. Oh my god, this that's fucked. That's crazy. That's so crazy. Yeah. This fucking dude. What? Yeah. My God. And he probably like knew the genetic makeup and he was like, this kid is going to be the vessel for Sukuna. Oh my God. Like this fucking dude. He was like, it's going to happen this way. Mm-hmm. He's going to wind up eating the finger that I placed at this school or whatever the fuck, Yo. Know, yeah, I bet it's, he planned every this, single thing. Holy fuck. He's and you can't Well put he's it been, past been planning it. this he for can.
0: centuries. He he's literally been planning this for centuries. I especially given, too. you know, how many sorcerers from past eras like he, you know, contracted into being part of the culling games hundreds of years later. Like the it's crazy to think of again just The scope of things, in terms of both, you know, on a world scale as well as a time scale, it's it it is fascinating. Yeah. Um. So it's it is so funny to the fact that a lot of people's fan theories came true that like he is back to being the head of the Kamo Clan, like it's. Uh, it th- this this is the this is the stuff that I like about Jujutsu Kaisen. Like, don't get me wrong, I enjoy my meathead fights. Yeah. we're gonna be getting meathead fights coming up here uh, with Maki, just beating things down. Um, but like, it's it's these interesting world building, character, political moments in Jujutsu Kaisen that I'm like, yeah, this this is this is the stuff that i'm looking for this is the the stuff that connects that makes it more interesting as a whole this is what separates jujutsu kaisen
1: as as a higher echelon like upper tier manga within the publication you know like this is this is what keeps us coming back and and regarding this as one of the top tier chapters every week you know and this is what Mm -hmm. keeps us just commending gege's you know writing skill and 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 you know, literary and and artistic skill week in, week out. Like, this dude, this... Gege is a fucking animal. This manga. Mm -hmm. Man. The thing that I really like
2: is, like, as a story as a whole, there's always a focus on, like, generational differences and, like, how, uh... It's like Kenjaku is his plans have been like a generational curse upon so many different families throughout the series, and then the fact that like you know the Jujutsu Kais- uh the Jujutsu Headquarters right like the main decision making board has become corrupt, become um, you know influenced by Kenjaku's ideals throughout multiple generations to the fact that like now the the organization is no one left but the corrupt and kenjaku's ideals as they have weeded out everything else and then the fact that like the cherry on top for like that metamorphosis of like the old generation becoming corrupt and like becoming a monster unto themselves and doing more harm than any of the good that they would have claimed to have done but like naoya zenin's transformation into a curse is like the perfect like cherry on top for that because he was the poster boy for the main headquarters he was gonna become the new face the next generation of those kinds of that, the boys club yeah. of uh, rulers that they had, the political movers and shakers. Um, and then the whole idea of the fall and corruption of the government. And then Naya's transformation really just shows that like, as a whole in Jujutsu society, there's not a lot of difference between the sorcerer and the monster.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's that's a pretty good segue into like the latter portion of the chapter here. Man, the fact that this fucking worm thing is now-ya is like mind boggling to me. Like I'm just sitting here wondering, like, how did he become this thing? So last 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 we saw, he was like was his death scene pretty much right as far as we could tell. He got
2: stabbed in the back mm-hmm. by his bomb.
1: Yeah, and so. Did he become a curse when he died through, like, malice and and hate and shit like that and regret? Um, I
2: mean, he regretted it. Like, he was saying lines, like, not like this. How could it be like this? Maki, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Like, that was how he died.
1: Yeah. And slowly. So maybe he he cursed Maki and became a cursed spirit through his death and shit.
3: Fuck.
2: Yeah.
1: Or, so yeah, like uh, this... This. Go ahead.
2: Or because, like, Kenjaku has the ability to manipulate the spirit. He could have collected Naoya's, like, spirit and been like, I can give you a chance
0: to revenge, but you have to participate in a game of mine. So the only... The only thing that I have against that idea is just because... Like, he wasn't already in the game to begin with. Yeah. Like, once the game started, Kenjaka Kenjaka was just like, it's out of my hands at this point. It's already a thing in motion. And, like, the Kogane appeared, like, as the Naoya cursed spirit was flying through the air, um, like, making it a participant. And I want to call it, I want to say it's still an it. Just because, um, I mean, could it just be Naoya? Sure. But could it be more than that? Um, somebody threw out there, like, oh, well, it could be, like, a cursed spirit that reflects people's fears. But, like, I kind of shot that idea down just because what does Maki have to fear Naoya about? Considering she, like, raffle stomped him she um, went towards the end back there. Like, so I don't think it's that, but, like, what if, just, again, because based on the, the design of it, what if it's not just nowya What if it's some of the other, you know, Zenin family members that their, you know, their hate, their malice combined with Naoya and they created this worm with, like, because it's got, like, the multiple kind of, like, face holes potentially too so i'm i'm curious like is it is it just naoya is it like the wrath of the zenin clan in general directed towards maki like i i wanna i want this next chapter just so i can get more information because i'm i'm really curious but either way like at least on the naoya side of things like this cursed spirit took his speed and Amplified it because like it's going so fast that Noritoshi and even Maki were not able to react to it.
1: Yeah, he's Um, like he's super fast, which I I might attest maybe to an innate physical kind of buff from being becoming a cursed spirit, but um, because we don't really see any frames or anything like that. But with that being said, I wonder like what it's going to look like if and when we do see his curse sneak kind of incorporated into this as well. Like that's going to be changed. super fuck or how it potentially could have changed and, and can contorted through death because we know curse technique and cursed energy kind of grows and becomes stronger through death. So like, yeah, like we, we honestly don't know what the fuck his curse technique or possibly his domain could look like at this point. Like I'm on the edge All of my right. seat to see more about this. Now ya worm more about how exactly he got to where he is now. Like, I'm trying- dude, just give me all the shit. Give me all the shit.
2: Honestly, the fact that he came out of that th- definitely confirms my theory that the caterpillar itself was basically like a hornworm shape, mm-hmm. because there are wasps that lay their eggs at the caterpillars, and it, it keeps it alive, but they are basically parasites that, like botflies, burst through the uh, surface. Yeah. Uh, because so it, we be definitely like,
0: saw the, like, maggoty things yes, surrounding Naoya's face disgusting. as he was bursting forth.
2: So, it could be a curse that is basically the massacred hat remainder of the Zenin clan, and that the Caterpillar basically represents the clan itself, but these people, because of how... Um, Full of regret, anger, and hatred, and, like, disdain for their peers, including their own family. They are reborn as curses, as parasites within the Caterpillar. The Caterpillar represents the clan. The maggots represent, the, you know, the corrupt Zinni. So, yeah. Keeping a thing alive, but still feeding off it. You know, it kind of, uh, makes me think of that kind of idea.
0: I, uh... The, the thing that came to my mind, um, and this is a very off-the-walls reference, but uh, do either of you read any of uh, the Junji Ito collection stuff?
2: Like the cat books? Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. i read his well, cat
2: books. And I've read some of his horror stories, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. The Because the thing that this just reminded me of was there's this one story of how... Um, this family essentially um, like they would leave behind their head um, as a kind of like a worm and the, the this this worm of heads would attach them to the new head of the family um and so they were trying to trap this girl into like essentially, getting together with the new head of the family just so they could reproduce and continue the lineage. But it just made me think of that, like, especially if it is, you know, this zenine family related, just the 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 worm of heads connecting these past generations of evil and it's a gnarly, gnarly visual thing to see. Oh, yeah. And, uh,
2: it definitely well I mean especially how like toxically they treated like the women in their clan and how they just like used them for subsidized labor and and breeding political gain like as cattle Mm. chattel yeah dowries and such is tragic Mm mhm so I think his transformation into a curse is very fitting he was like one of my most loathed characters in the series so like him coming back, and I'm like, damn, that hits hard. I believe that it's just a curse. Analia, like, at post death, comes back as a curse because of how much hatred he has in his heart. And because, like, that speed definitely seems like his ability on steroids. Yeah. I just don't think it's like a, you know, I don't think it's an illusion, like, ooh, I reflect things that people, you know, it's like,
0: He was strong, though, too, which was similar to one of the other head guys, at least seemingly. So, I mean, that being said, he could just be just strong because he's a curse now. But um, we'll definitely have to wait and see to see uh, if any more faces come out of the caterpillar worm curse thing.
1: Yeah, I think that'd be interesting if more faces came out and this turns out to be maybe like a soul collector. I was just kind of looking, I was like scouring Google, you know, trying to see if I could find any like lore on like soul stealing worms or like soul collector demons or anything like that. I don't know, I could, I kind of found some different stuff, but nothing really seemed too too similar to this where I could maybe draw any conclusions on like um, inspiration, but yeah, no. I think that could be definitely really, really interesting if this turned out to instead of an exclusively like Naoya curse, maybe like a, a soul collector that like collects anguished souls that are near death and then, you know, um, uses their malice and shit in order to fuel its own power or something like that. You know, that that could be par for the course for Jujutsu Kaisen, I think. I'm that's pretty cool.
2: I'm kind of waiting.
1: I saw a, a bit of a
2: meme, and someone was saying like, they can't wait for Naoya to get his ass kicked so that he serves as Maki's like interdimensional duffel bag, like that worm that Toji carried wormy. around with. Is Shove a bunch god. of swords
0: into him. I I love that. Like people are like Wormy is so better than so much better than Naoya. and it's just like oh my <laughs> god, it's just Wormy. We are compar- <laughs> We are comparing worm based. Cursed spirits. What, what have we come to? Damn,
3: what hey, if man.
2: this is that... Must you're doing something wrong if you're losing and the capitation is only two <laughs>
1: two dudes. What if this is that Ouroboros thing fucking, like, leveled up to the umpteenth degree? Ouroboros is like a, a snake swallowing its own tail. Classically. Yeah, but it was... That was what the, um... That was what Toji had that you're talking about, where he, that was like his fucking duffel bag of, of shit, you know what I'm saying? That he would be, like, he stored his cursed tools in there and shit. His cursed yeah, yeah, weapons. that weird, like, worm baby. That little worm, yeah, that Ouroboros worm. Well. Oh. You know
2: what? So. At first I thought it was a red herring when I read the chapter because he goes, mom, 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 right? But what if that particular form of curse is caused by children that are killed by their parents, specifically their mothers?
0: Yeah, but Naoya wasn't killed by his own mom. He was killed by Maki's mom.
2: I don't know. It was the idea of a child being killed by a mother. It it was
0: interesting, though, that, like, once the curse, like, got into the area and, like, detected Maki, it was just like, uh, aha! And it was just like, I found you! And it, like, didn't even bother with, like, Noritoshi, just, like, directly went for Maki.
2: Well, based on the history, don't blame him.
0: Yep. Hmm. I must I must destroy Maki, like I must destroy women's rights. (laughs) Jeez.
1: Toji's worm definitely does not look anything like this
0: worm, but now he is a metadist. Dear god, that's a word I haven't heard in a long time. (laughs) (coughs)
2: Like metrosexual.
0: Hmm. I've heard metrosexual more recently than meninist.
2: Man, it was crazy to me. I was like, they are like, metrosexual. I'm like, so he's got good hair, dresses well, has cologne, doesn't smell like shit. Sounds like
1: being hygienic is gay. On that but note, uh, um, I think, I don't know, I didn't really have anything else for the chapter here tonight.
2: I just want to touch on, like, the double spreads on, like, that, like, 12 and 13, and then the lead-up on, like, page uh 11 because like you look at those frames of like the neighborhood the building he's it's right along the train tracks um which is and then like seeing like the glass shatter and like trees collapse as he impacts through and just like destroys so much yeah um I almost imagine him of like being coiled up like a spring. Like that one Chimera ant from Hunter Hunter oh, yeah. a little bit. So I was thinking something like that and based on the body and like and like how much speed he was able to like put it into it. Like he really put the you know, pedal to the metal on that one. Mm-hmm. And it made me think, um the trade tracks made me think of how when he first fought Yuji, there he it was at trade Tracks. Because, like, the Yuta showed up, I think. Correct me in the comments if I'm wrong. The memory. Tricky thing.
1: Yeah. Shino knows that. Yeah, but I I think that about does it for this chapter of Jujutsu Kaisen. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get into the final chapter of the night. Chapter 359 of My Hero Academia place of learning and man we start this chapter off with this fucking beautiful beautiful color cover spread here and like we were talking a little bit earlier about the you know how most mangaka when they get the color spreads they have these you know intense color splashes of like vibrant contrast you know whites against the red you know all this stuff as opposed to the aliens area that we were talking about earlier. But anyways, <laughs> this fucking... I mean, it's the 8th anniversary. It's a little this 8th anniversary color cover spread is fucking absolutely beautiful. And it's so nostalgic to see all these characters together um, that we all either love or hate for different reasons. And, you know, me personally on that note, I especially really, really loved... Y'all might not have noticed this, but I peeped. I loved... To see Gentle and LaBrava in the background, did y'all see them? Did you see where they were at?
0: Point them out. So I saw, I saw the the pointed hair guy and the girl from the um, the music festival art as well. Like, yeah. I mean this this whole this whole colors page spread is literally just the the my hero equivalent of everyone's here from Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so
1: um Gentle and Labraba are behind Deku, like right under Deku's like right ass cheek, right thigh. I see
2: him. Yeah, I see him right there. Right They're by very, the very
1: small. Next to Coda's feet, yeah. I noticed them though. I peeped um, that's my guy, Gentleman. He's underappreciated as a villain. Oh I fantastic. still
0: want to cosplay him one day, uh along with my girlfriend as Labraba. That would be um, a dope ass. Eventually. Cosplay. If you do um, put pictures of it in the discord so
1: i can see oh absolutely
0: absolutely um i i am still convinced that they're going to make an appearance again at some point before the end here like i i it would be such a waste if they didn't make an appearance i was just gonna say i
1: seeing them here makes me wonder what they're up to you know like i wonder if they if they uh broke out of prison like everybody else like what they're doing if they just kind of said fuck it we're just gonna live our own little casual life so
0: Labrava never went to prison. Yeah, yeah. Like that was kind of part of the plea deal yep, with yep, Gentle. Agree. And then even with him, it was more of like a misdemeanor thing. Mm. So like, if anything, he would have just been kind of thrown in. Like he wasn't a, in like a County jail, right? <laughs> he was not
2: in Tartarus, dude. He was...
0: <laughs> no, he
2: he was in fucking county. They were like he was in county you know jail. The drink tank's full. It's
1: too good for him. Why yep. the drunk? What don't hey, d- my man so, will break out of the drunk tank.
0: You gotta put some respect on. Jeff. I, I, I do want to go. I, I want to go back though, Uh and I want to talk about the cover, because like many other people, um before the chapter actually came out, I was just like, because the cover got leaked. Of course, it did. Yeah, it was one of those things. You're just like, are we, are we really getting spoiled? By the cover? Deku and no like Uraraka. No, no, Deku was fighting all for One. But like
2: Oh, the
0: like a seemingly the top, of the, top of the page. Yeah. yeah, where
2: you see the white hair in his face after being like rejuvenated through time.
0: Yes, that was the cover on this week's Shonen Jump, and like everyone is just like Are we are we blatantly getting spoiled on like the chapter or a future chapter with this cover page of I mean, like Beku seemingly fighting a, a back together all for one. Like,
2: it makes sense, like, it makes sense because, like, you're fighting through the echoes of the old glory of the master villain, right? And then we've seen like him in silhouette with like short hair before so like we knew that he had that and we assumed he had a face he wasn't a potato head forever you know
0: (laughs) oh right but it's just one of those things just like are we are we actually showing deku fighting him in that form like is this actually happening and they're just blatantly spoiling it for us on the on the cover like that, that that's that was just, like, the big discussion that was going on online, uh, and then it turned into a Bakugo chapter. So, you know, it, like, didn't happen, but Psych. still.
2: Horikoshi likes to play his games, you know? You thought so, you were the traitor?
1: Psych, double of evil. I mean, we obviously always assumed he'd be fighting him. So, like, in that aspect, I don't know that you could call it a spoiler. You know, it's kind of been up in the air As to whether he would fight, you know, all for one proper or like Shigaraki all for one. But with that being said, like, again, like Melo said, we've seen the panels of him silhouetted with the hair, with the smile, with the face younger before he was all fucked up and, you know, crippled and scarred. So I I think to call it a blatant spoiler is like a little bit of a reach, but.
0: Well,. Is it's it, more still so going like, off of the cliffhanger from the chapter, All for 1 Endeavor fight. Yep,
1: exactly. I'm looking at it right now, Chapter 357. Um where Deku is pulling up, you know, he's presumably on his way like he said to the Shigaraki fight. Who knows? Maybe he accidentally runs into Maybe they maybe they fiddled with his thing so his coordinates were wrong or something, and he's headed to the all for one fight instead of the Shigaraki fight. But I'm still wondering, you know, again, what these what these black dots are that are kind of intercepting him on his way. Now that I'm looking at the last panel of the chapter, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Not, I'm sorry, I don't want to derail the conversation yeah. too much here. from So, this uh, so,
2: final thought on the cover of the like the week. If you look at the perspective of his hands and then like. I think it's just two separate images that are layered over each other to, like, create, like, the illusion of, like, them fighting each other. Because you could just tilt Deku and then put the ocean behind him and it would be just him, you know, flying across the ocean trying to get there in time. So, I feel like it's something like that,
1: to be honest. But that's just me. I don't know. I don't know. I, it is tantalizing and it is, you know... Think at those fingies. Look at those fingies of
2: all for one.
1: How they're like the contrast overlapping the hair. Oh yeah, like I mean, perspective wise, it's like it doesn't match up. So, I'm right. You're talking about on the actual magazine cover.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes.
1: It definitely is two separate images, like just kind of pasted into the same layer. But yeah, it looks good though. Yeah. Yeah. it, It it is a young all for one. It's a tantalizing image, like. Especially with what we saw a couple chapters ago, you know, yeah, it's a loaded, it's a loaded image, but to like, to call it a spoiler when this is something that we expected and know is going to
0: happen pretty much, um, I
2: don't know. It's again,
0: it's fine now since that wasn't what the chapter was, but leading up to it, it was just kind of like, okay, we are. Uh, if really the chapter was the if chapter. the
1: chapter was Deku and all for one fighting then then yeah then it would have been like mm, bang but yeah in retrospect mm-hmm. with it being something else i uh, yeah I think it's 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 all right you know right it's just I hype it's that. just hype art you know like oh this is all for one this is deku the wars going on you know these are the two real main players you know so yeah. Mm-hmm man I love the little like cameos that this like cover
2: spread is it's just fantastic I like the bubble wash the Toyomasu, I like spinner they're just they're just doing their best let them go
1: yeah yeah the color mm-hmm. the color cover is definitely super super gas um, but I guess getting Even into the, the chapter... the there sorry <laughs> um <clears throat> I love the fact that we get some content at the start of the chapter here about some of these business course students that kind of stuck around to record the fight, despite the fact Mm -hmm. that they obviously could like literally die at any fucking second um, so that the true events of the day can really be documented beyond the shadow of a doubt. You know, the um, the winner, you know, quote unquote winner rights history concept is definitely touched on a lot. In these in these stories and especially like inside of the backstories of the characters inside of the stories, right? So it's definitely nice to see that concept touched on in such a powerful way kind of by Horikoshi through these business course students that want to you know, make sure that nobody can really fiddle with it. Everything is recorded. It's on video right here. This is how it went down. Um, That was really awesome to see
0: it's a nice parallel to real life where in, in war and similar events like it, you would have reporters and or historians that were willing to risk their lives just so that history could be recorded for, you know, future generations to see how those events transpired. Yeah. Um, and these kids, um, who are third years themselves are like, you know, our, our colleagues, our peers are literally upstairs and all around us right now, like risking their lives to take down Shigaraki. Um, So the least, the least we can do because the whole point of the business course is to, you know, go about the promotion of heroes and whatnot. Yeah. It is our duty to record what is going on so that people can see what happened here. And it's respectable. Um even if you, you know, have the swirly haired guy yeah. essentially leading the charge, like the the weirdest looking the one. Mega bunch.
1: fucking but,
0: yeah, beehive buddy, be the mega beehive. Yeah, that's what I
1: was gonna say. Or the
0: beehive that like bursts open when he is frustrated. Yeah, great quirk, great quirk. <laughs> yeah, I wonder
1: what his quirk is. That's funny.
0: Volcano. And that's hits. it. It's prob. It's probably online somewhere. But yeah. Um. I on on top of you know the business course stuff going on, I do really like to see that we are continuing to see the state of this artificial structure as well and yes. how you know it is it is failing they recognize that like it is not going to be lasting in the sky especially because they did not account for shigaraki and the sheer amount of mass that his body could produce um mm-hmm. uh, you know conservation of mass screw that you know it's just like he could make hands out of nothing And they're really heavy, yeah. And so just just seeing all of these different elements, I've enjoyed that since this started. But like just continuing to see the state of this floating castle in the sky, um, as like its its crew is like valiantly fighting just to you know keep it floating, however many minutes longer. um, It's definitely. Uh, something that I enjoy seeing, and I think it's being really well done. Yeah, I agree. I agree.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, man. And uh,
1: Jesus Bakugo got his shit fucked up this chapter, man. Like he 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 tried valiantly, but it seems that you know he fell short. Obviously, like, and obviously we know that like Recovery Girl is out of the equation. At this point, and, and damage to this degree... You know, she, she can't... Was never really able to heal anyway, so... I'm wondering if, like, Bakugo going forward... Is just going to be a one-armed character. Um, <laughs> And it, like... It kind of pains me to see the boy in such a state, man. But at the same time... The thought of seeing Bakugo, like, all scarred up and war-torn with one arm... Kind of gets me fucking hella excited, in a way. Only because... I know that even having one arm. Won't stop Bakugo's like drive and determination and that he'll be like no less tight with one less arm. You know what I mean?
0: Well, and his his quirk itself does not rely or does not need for him to have limbs. Honestly, like as long as he is able to still produce sweat from his body and send it out in some way, he can yeah. still use his quirk. Yeah. So like whether or not like he would have, you know, Somebody from uh, the sidekick course, um, you know, creating gadgets for him to use uh, in place of an arm. Especially since that's what's literally happening with Miracle right now. Totally a possibility. Assuming he survives.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Do you feel like he would basically amputate the arm and just have, like, a buster cannon, basically? Like a storage unit for gear? Like uh Certainly possible. A utility fist.
0: <laughs> like Hostel Gado from the Grim Adventures of Billion Mandy. Hell yes, please. Who coincidentally I have his arch nemesis Kyle the traffic cone in my closet back there right now. But that's a story for another day. That's hilarious. <laughs>
2: oh man. Man. I think I think it's valid that like Bakugo would lose a limb, right? Because he started out as a character that, like, believed that he had the right to inflict pain on others and just because of his, you know, superiority. So, like, him being massively humbled by Shigaraki slash All For One and coming out the other side of it, surviving in like being more mature, and, right? like, that would be the full circle on his character arc, I think. Yeah. That... He has to go through that and like yes he's admitted fault yes he's apologized but also at the same time character growth and personal development does not stop at apologies it is about ongoing behavior so i feel like this is going to be like the cathartic end for him not like the end like he's gonna die hopefully he doesn't die i want him to like you know live with the sins of his youth and like actually grow and be a useful like member of society yeah and like but i definitely think like amputation's on the board because like we have murko we have Eraserhead, head we have you know jiro losing a fucking ear jack and all so we, i mean best
0: genus has only one lung at this yeah. point yeah best yeah.
2: genus had one lung all might didn't start started out without a stomach
1: yeah he had like he was missing like a a, a quarter of his stomach and his in his left lung as well yeah
0: says has chicken leg. wings at this point rather yeah, than full-blown hawk exactly. wings yeah. he has a prosthetic
2: oh. wings, so like i i'm totally for it i think this is going to be one of those series where like Maybe not everyone dies, but not a lot of people are going to come out unscathed.
3: Mm -hmm. That's my
2: take on it. Because that's war, you know. There's, you know, a lot of survivors in war, but we don't always really focus on that sometimes.
0: Yeah. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And that being said, I mean, the fandom is out for blood right now. They, They... They smell blood in the water and they want a frenzy and they want somebody or some people to die. Um, so it's not going to be Bakugo. And obviously we'll get to who the death flags are flying for soon enough. But um, God, the, the conversation between Shigaraki All for One and Bakugo is just, its it's chilling. It's just like, the The fact that, like, you know, Bakugo is of no interest to this all-powerful villain anymore, outside of the fact that, like, he has that connection to Deku. You know, yeah. those days gone past of, you know, ports, or post sports festival Bakugo kidnapping, like, doesn't matter anymore. And it, it just makes me wonder, you know, with Is Shigaraki all for one, um, you know, saying everything that he is? um, Is that Shigaraki saying it? Is that all for one saying it? Or is it some combination of their two personalities that is saying it? I'm I'm very curious to know, you know, where where those words are coming from. Like, if it is a combination or just one predominant um, personality saying those words to. Bakugo.
3: You
2: know, in previous chapters, they had these moments of dialogue that were basically like, it seemed like they were alternating between Shigaraki and All for One, whereas this dialogue really feels like All for One. It just feels like all for one through and through, maybe fueled by like Shigaraki's sense of pride and like disdain, like colored by mm-hmm. that. But like primarily, I feel like all for one's in the driver's seat right now, and like the bubbles are smooth, unlike last time yeah. when we had that kind of alternating, kind of like semi. They felt sort of conflicting, but.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. Horikoshi's always been really good at, you know, the detail work in the, the bubbles themselves. So
2: he fully
1: utilizes the medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so I guess getting into the last portion of the chapter, man, where the We, obviously have, we have the big three, we have the 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 anguish from Aizawa, man, gritting his teeth you know, just begging, pleading that somebody will protect Bakugo from dying here. And we got he the needs big three. He to become
0: the number one hero, or at least try for it. He coming can't out, die here.
1: Coming out of the woodworks is, uh, Tamaki, Hado, and Mirio, man. Big three. And, uh, I don't know, this moment with them, obviously the death flags are flying, and, uh, it's obviously very sad, and it's it's a very badass kind of resolvedy type moment, which which is cool, but it also feels, like, really sentimental and relatable, because, like, the shit they're talking about, obviously, how they wanted to have, you know, Tamaki's like, I really wanted to have a proper, you know, graduation ceremony, and uh, and then Mirio's like, ah, you know, once the battle's over, you know, we'll, we'll have Principal throw one for us, and then Hato's just like,
0: yeah, yeah. She doesn't do shit. Sure. It's it's literally the stereotypical like movie scene of like the retiring police officer saying I was one day away from retirement and then just getting gored to mm-hmm. death. Like it feels that
1: way. Yeah. Do we even stand yeah. a chance here? If nothing else until Meteoria shows up, we'll protect everyone with our triple threat power, man. Seems like they plan on going down fighting here. Which is really fucking sad. I don't know, man. Fuck. Man, I want to see what kind of
2: combination attacks they have. Oh, yeah. like I mean, Because, they... like, Hado can do, like, spirals and stuff. So if they do, like, a spiraling wave... I was thinking about how um, Mirio could, while the wave spirals through him, turn himself intangible and only strike and materialize the part that isn't in the path of the spiral so that while it's happening, like the spiral's over here, he punches you. The spiral, like, passes through his arm, he phases through, he, like, elbows you or something like that, or, like, kicks you, and then he just does, like, a combination attack where he's, like, being kind of, like, semi-thrust by the spirals momentum
1: yeah i mean we're definitely going to see some insane combo attacks like they're their best friends they've been going to school with each other for three years now they're the top three you know um prospective heroes in their class and in the school overall so like they definitely will have some some sick combo moves you know with each other there's going to be a high level of uh synchronicity i feel like just because of their familiarity with one another and uh <clears throat> i can't wait to see the kind of shit they pull out bro and I've been waiting to see Lamillion back in action too, bro. Mirio, poof. Just sucks that this could possibly possibly be the last time we see him in action, man.
2: I don't know. I feel like Tamaki's more likely to die.
1: You think so?
0: I disagree. I mean well, well he, could, he, like he could he could throw sure. himself out there to sacrifice himself instead of Mirio. I could definitely see him doing that as like just like the full circle for his character development yeah i mean that being said there is a symbolism of mirio being defeated by um shiggy for one um just because you know the, the symbolism of him being the person that wasn't chosen to take on one for all um, and being the one to fight him and then ending up succumbing to him instead. Not being, there, there's, there's symbolism to it. So You got to wonder, though, yeah, it man. It could go either way. You
1: got to wonder, though, man, if, if Mirio, you know what I'm saying? all would know because no, but it doesn't work the same if they're not quirkless. So, yeah, no. If Mirio got all for one or one for all. It wouldn't have been the same at all. Oh, man. Right. So- it wouldn't have been,
0: but he was still in contention. For he was in contention.
1: Well, no, I was just saying my only point in saying that was like, oh, you got to wonder what it'd be like if Mirio had one for all right now, bro. He'd be slapping him. But we have gotten, you know, basically confirmation that uh, the Way real the real true. catalyst to achieving the the real one for all is being quirkless and receiving it. Yeah. And because otherwise your body just can't handle the the two quirk situation and.
2: Otherwise, you have to do what All for One did with Shigaraki. And, like, all the prep and steps and all that stuff and the preparation, like, genetic modification, the super serums, all that stuff. They put so much effort to do that. It's like, you could have just found a quirkless guy. No. Has to be the perfect one. Okay, alright, I see you.
1: So, man, like, Deku pulls up, man, like, Mirio, Tamaki, Hado are dead, like... Bakugo's fucking arm is shattered and fucking looks like a fucking uh, piece of beef jerky and shit. Like, he got blown up, dude. He was point blank for that shit. Who oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, got blown up?
2: Bakugo, because it detonated on his arm. Like, look at his face on page 13. Look at both
1: their faces. It's
2: all messed up.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, I got, I oh, guess no. I got the impression that maybe you, you're probably right. It probably was the explosion. I guess I got the impression that maybe Shigaraki like kind of like raked him across the face when he went to go grab his arm and then just crushed his fucking arm.
2: Uh, it, looks it looks to me like for
1: sure, like is... on page 10, like he grabs his arm and just crushes it. Like it didn't get blown up like that. Like he's fucking crushing his arm and he literally says, Fantastic. He's commending him on his quirk and, his, and you know, the level that he's refined it to. Um, you condense your blast to, to curtail widespread damage while at the same time boosting the sheer force. Fantastic. That's why this has got to go. And at that very moment, he grabs his arm and fucking <laughs> crushes the fuck out of it.
2: Yeah, and it's storing all of that nitroglycerin sweat, so I thought that was exploded like...
1: But I wonder though what shattered, because it's on the previous page that we get the face damage. And that his gauntlet has been shattered. So I wonder if that wasn't the pure concussive force and then maybe the shrapnel kind of tore his face like that. And then Shiggy, Shiggy just grabs his arm and fucking...
2: I think that he was doing like the blast, plus he grabs it and crushes it and probably exposes more fuel to the blast... Which causes, like, you know, the explosion of his, like, fleshy arm. You can see some pieces bouncing off Baku's skull. Um. I don't know. I, I think that, uh, by breaking the toy, he just took the brunt immediately. And he's like, well, I've got hypergeneration. Eventually.
1: Yeah. As
2: soon as I kill those guys that don't blink, it's over.
1: Oh, it actually looks like on page um, six and seven on the double spread, like Shigaraki actually does like kind of try and punch the gauntlet or like strike the gauntlet directly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully Tamaki doesn't do this thing where like Mirio dies. Because like during the Yakuza arc, he ate one of the crystals, right? He ate one of the crystals and produced their quirk. And, like, I know they call him the Sun Eater, because Mirio is supposed to be the sun. Is there a point where, like, Mirio gets way fucked up, and, like, Tamaki just has, like, I don't know, like, blood flies into his mouth? And that, like, saves his ass? At, like, a very, like, brief amount of time? As he gains Um... the ability to... Because he stole the crystal ability, which is was a quirk a heteromorphic quirk but still a quirk so we haven't expanded too much like it could be like and this is a fight to the death so like like himiko Toga's quirk awakening this could be tamaki's but it'd be like you know i i beat him with your help but i didn't beat him with you because you fell before me yeah. you know that kind of thing because there you know anymore there has to be you know some of your comrades have to die, because there's no such thing as a war without casualties.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Other than that, I don't think I have anything else for my hero. This was a very satisfying chapter, uh, but that's just me. Yeah. I've got
0: one thing. Okay, yeah, so Eagle, you mentioned how you're not necessarily in touch as much with like the weekly discourse on series, um, and one of the big issues. There are a lot of people that had issues with the translation for this chapter with like, why is Bakugo making baseball analogies and whatnot in his conversation uh, with Shigaraki? It's like, like the talking about the major leagues and the grand slam. Um, and people were like, well, oh, I like the fan translation better. And it's just like, Okay, I mean, cool. The fan translation didn't make baseball analogies, but maybe the actual version did. Maybe Horikoshi did intentionally put it in there. Um, Because, I mean, the thing is... Baseball's huge in Japan. Yeah. It is absolutely huge in Japan. And My Hero had a baseball OVA on top of that. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's it's also not that weird in the context of like, oh, well, superheroes, you know, they make, you know, analogies to different things all the time. I don't necessarily remember Bakugo making a baseball analogy in the past, but it doesn't make this analogy that he made wrong. Like, because it absolutely was true. Like, uh, in any other context bakugo's ability that he did with the cluster attack would be considered a grand slam yeah. like it's absolutely an overpowered technique um like it's it's a finisher right there um but in the presence of shigaraki like bakugo is minor league in comparison to the major league that is shigaraki and he's coming to terms with that Um, And that's just the analogy that he's able to use in that moment. I don't think there's a problem with it. There's a a group of people online that were either confused or upset with the baseball usage instead of uh, the fan translation. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm going to trust Caleb the translator because he has a degree and I'm assuming that, you know, that is what he picked up on. When he decided to translate the chapter, like, yeah. It doesn't feel like something that, like, he would just choose out of the blue.
1: Willy and Nelly. And I don't even think, you know, I think, you know, Shigaraki is talking shit to a degree, but I think this attack, like, he was able to stave it off and keep it from hitting him directly, I think, based on where the singeing is, like, kind of just on his right side. I think it kind of just grazed him. But, like, the scale of this attack on this fucking double spread on six and seven is insane. Like, this fucking attack is massively huge. And, uh, and I think if this hits Shigaraki directly, it's more of a problem for him, because, like, the right the right side of his fucking face is cooked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And his, his fucking mm-hmm. damn near looks like he's blind in his right eye and shit. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think maybe he's underselling it and goes, you know like this was a bigger attack than he's given himself credit for it's just that it was defended well um I don't know that's really my only point well
2: honestly the fact that he's willing to shit talk him this much at a very personal level you know kind of makes me think that like he has paid attention and now recognizes Bakugo as a bit more of a threat yeah. And that's why he's trying to demoralize him because he did the same thing to Endeavor before he got his dome like nearly ripped off. Mm. And he does that a lot with mostly characters that he care about. Otherwise, he doesn't really acknowledge them. Otherwise,
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, I think uh, I think that is about all I had for
0: this week's chapter of My Hero as well. What do you think, Axel? I'm good. I'm I'm curious to see what happens again, especially considering, like we all said, the death flags are just plain as day yeah. with what's going on here. Um, so it, it, it's going to be bad news life. bears for somebody um, and potentially crippling for life for whoever survives. However long um, that life is. But at the end of the day, any one of them are just a measure to prolong um things rather than an actual solution. A means yeah. to an end. Yep. They they know that Deku has to want be the one to finish it. Um so they're just buying time. Yeah. If nothing else. yeah
1: well, I don't know. Tamaki's my favorite character, so I'd like to see him survive. But who knows? I don't know. Hado, I'd like to see survive as well. I can definitely see Miro dying, but we'll see. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
1: Anyways, that will do it for this chapter of My Hero Academia, and that will do it for this episode of the Project Manga Podcast. Thank you all so much for watching. If you did. Be sure to slap a like on this video down below if you enjoyed it. Um, Be sure to subscribe to the channel for more fire-ass weekly content. Make sure you comment down below. Let us know what you thought of this week in Shonen Jump. And, uh, you know, if you thought we missed anything in the discussion or whatever, just chop it up with us down there. Also, while you're down there, take a look in that description box where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts such as Twitter, um, any online communities such as Discord audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on, as well as uh, the link to our Patreon. If you you know want to support what we do even more than you do by just watching it. Also, like we said before, you can find any of Axel's links and stuff down below as well. So check him out, check out what he does, all that happy stuff. And uh, yeah, this will be another stupendous episode of the project manga podcast wrapping up. I'm your host Eagle.
0: I'm Melo Yedis. And I'm Axel. Sarabada